0: Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store, and you know what time of year it is. It's back-to-school time, and time once again for all of those after-school activities. Whether it's ballet or football, drama or field hockey, band or basketball, kids' feet need to feel good. Those cleats, sneakers, or shoes for a band often don't do those young feet any favors. If our kids are going to stay active and healthy, then they need good feet. That means it's also time to take your kids to the Good Feet Store. Yeah, that's right, the young ones, the kids. Bring them into the Goodfeet store and let's treat them to some personal service. Our team members will measure their feet and find the right art support for them. They can still wear the shoes they want, but they will have the support to make them comfortable now and keep their feet healthy for the future. It won't take long and it could change their life. Go to goodfeet.com to make an appointment or just stop by the location nearest you, the Goodfeet store.
1: I would say that during my entire like what three years that I've been researching true crime not once not once have I ever sat there and thought to myself wow Stephanie um, you're getting weird like something weird is happening in your brain you maybe need to seek out some help until I started researching this case because tell me why tell me why I research a case about a serial killer who's obsessed with feet he's got a shoe fetish he's known as the shoe fetish killer he's obsessed with high heels he would literally chop off his victim's feet to keep them so that he could model the high heel collection that he had gathered inside of his garage and after I read all of that tell me why I bought shoes (laughs) Like, tell me why I'm like listen maybe I should do some online shopping for some shoes right now this is the first time I've genuinely sat there after researching a true crime thinking to myself I think something's a little bit wrong in your brain Stephanie I think this is not okay you need to get some help you know never have I ever not even once ever thought a serial killer was attractive or fascinating and like a more than just a, you know, psychological standpoint. Never. And then I bought shoes after researching this case. A little weird. I mean, huh. to be fair, though, maybe it was just because I was like researching the uh, fetish behind high heels and there was lots of pictures of high heels. And then I was like, you know what? I've been meaning to get some boots. <laughs>
2: Wait, so this guy, he's obsessed with shoes or feet?
1: He's obsessed with shoes and he's obsessed with underwear and he's obsessed with necrophilia. He is, um, he's a very interesting one. His name is Jerome Henry Brudos. And I guess we're just going to jump right into it because this one is going to make you really uncomfortable. And honestly, I love high heels. I'm not going to be that type of person that's like, oh no, high heels, I hate them. I love the way that it makes me feel. I love the way that it looks on me. I would say that if I had to choose one pair of shoes that make me look a little bit better like one percentage better it would probably be some form of a high heel not so much like sneakers or flats just Mm -hmm. because I think it accentuates the legs and stuff there's actually in a word for people who have a fetish for sexual interest in shoes in particular heels there's actually a boot fetish where people are obsessed with like leather patent boots they could be knee-high boots they could be cowboy boots but they will like lick your boots I know it sounds like I'm (laughs) trying to say boobs but they'll lick your boots yeah they want you in nothing but boots and shit yeah god the amount of research. Do they I like did clean boots one.
2: or dirty boots?
1: Okay, here's the crazy thing. So I also looked into it. This is like a subsection of a foot fetish. You don't necessarily have to have a foot fetish to be obsessed with high heels or to have a shoe fetish, right? Mm. But here's a very interesting fact about foot fetish. Did you know 40% of people who have been surveyed that say that they have a foot fetish have confirmed to also have something called an odor fetish, which means that they are also aroused by the idea and the scent of smelly socks and sell- smelly feet and smelly shoes which is why i remember seeing this one tiktok where this girl was like oh i just met up with a guy who paid me two hundred dollars to like buy my old beat up like target shoes that i bought for like fifteen dollars and she had recorded part of it and then later he goes and sits at a park bench and just starts sniffing them and she was like, what? Is this Uh-oh. real life right now? Like, this is kind of crazy. I don't know if it was staged, but I feel like maybe it wasn't because reading the statistics on this, is kind of wild. So it's called actical sypophilia. Wow. Wow. <laughs> maybe that's a better way of saying it. So, so do it- they
2: like their own smell issues?
1: no it usually has to be other people's like everyone has a type so just because you have a foot fetish doesn't mean that you like everybody's feet doesn't mean you're just like looking around for some feet I mean you've got a type some people like long slender feet some people like a little bit chunkier feet some people like oh it's all about the ankle some people say it's all about the arch like the natural arch of your feet like the way that it's it just hits the floor mm-hmm. like if your middle part of your feet aren't touching the floor oh my god they're just gonna jizz right there you know these are what um forums said this <laughs> not me saying I have a foot fetish this is not me coming out did you know there's a lot of celebrities with a foot fetish like Enrique Iglesias um oh, oh shit there were so many more there's a lot of dudes who came out and said that they had some variation of being really into feet and you know what I'm proud of them so brave so um <laughs> anyways this sexual interest in shoes Alto-calphilia. Don't make me say it again. It means that you have a sexual interest in heels. You spend an abnormal amount of time thinking about heels, but you also have a sexual preference for heels. So this is not to say, I mean, I would generalize that if you are attracted to the female body or the male body, um, you probably like, are kind of into heels. I don't know one person who's like, oh, I absolutely hate it when like people that I'm attracted to wear heels. Like I think it's disgusting. Especially as like a straight male, I've never heard one straight man say, I hate girls who wear heels. I don't think I've ever heard that. So visually speaking, I mean, it's really hard not to be sexy in a pair of heels. That is a Tom Ford court quote. Say that one more time. It's hard not to be sexy in a pair of heels. That is a Tom Ford quote. Well, oh,
2: they haven't seen you wear. I'm kidding.
1: I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay, so let me tell you, it's very interesting. So in the 19th century, it was actually a custom for men to grab their lady's foot, like their shoe, whether it be a boot, whether it be a high heel, whether it be, well, they didn't wear like sneakers back in the day because God forbid a lady wear a sneaker back in the day. And so they would grab it. Then as a sign of ultimate devotion, they would grab their lady's stinky shoe that they've been wearing for, I don't know, probably like, a long time because you know in the 19th century shoes aren't the way that they are today like there was no warehouse for shoes like shoes were really expensive Mm -hmm. so they were probably wearing it for quite a couple months at least they would then pour wine or champagne into that stinky shoe and drink it as the ultimate sign of devotion to their lady (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> So then that just kind of transformed Into like the Cinderella glass slipper Like you've got all of these things And high heels are very interesting Because it really does accentuate the butt It it kind of helps with the whole stereotypical um, beauty standard of having like toned legs, having long legs, having a perky butt, because having a perky butt, biologically speaking, is supposed to say that this person is young, right? This person is still fertile, Mm -hmm. essentially. That's what I read online. I'm not saying I agree with this. It also makes people a little bit more graceful. You know, it's really hard to like slouch when you're wearing a pair of heels. It's really hard to like waddle around in a pair of heels. Typically you, like when I wear heels, I walk differently than when I'm wearing sneakers. Like, sneakers, I usually have to remind myself of my posture because I'm like, whoa, Stephanie, you look like a hunchback whale. But with high heels, for some reason, it just, like, makes your body a little bit more, like, stiff, I guess. So it just forces this posture on you. Yeah. And so all of these things I already knew about. And so all of the forums are like, no, listen, the reason that I'm obsessed with high heels is because have you ever seen your significant other in nothing but a pair of high heels? Ooh, sexy, right? And I'm like, okay, like, that makes sense. You know, it sounds sexy. And then, and then I got to that 1% of this fetish which has got so dark and these men were like you know biologically speaking i'm into high heels because there's like this very intrigue of how how difficult it is For your prey to run away in a pair of high heels and i was like oh my god
2: (laughs) oh my god
1: they said it's mainly because visually it looks good but it's also the inability of your prey to run away at high speeds it makes them easier to catch easier to subdue slows them down and gives you more time to look at them
2: you're talking about reddit right now
1: yeah and then i got really scared And I was like, oh, no, oh, no. And then that led me down another rabbit hole where they were talking about how heels, they weren't necessarily worn just for women. Did you know back in the day, the first recorded ever recorded instance of someone wearing a pair of high heels was actually meat butchers? to keep their feet away from the blood that was pooling on the ground so they wore like these platforms very sexy and then it transformed into the French just wearing high heels and it was mainly a lot of aristocrats like lots of dudes wearing heels because they were like this shows that I'm rich because I don't have to run anywhere I don't have to do no work I just sit here I sit all day and so high heels are really uncomfortable they're really impractical and what says rich like impractical Mm. absolutely nothing so men and women both wore heels and then Men started wearing heels Because it also helped them Get onto their horses A lot better Because like you know If you're rich Like the taller your horse The stallion It's um, more of a status symbol But then like If it's so tall How are you gonna get up On your horse And if you use a step stool, That's really like Not masculine So they would wear these heels And then they would use that To step onto their horse Mm. And then they said That it protrudes The calf muscles of men And you know People like taller men And back in the day They wore these long Elaborate like robes And stuff So you wouldn't necessarily see that they were wearing these platforms Mm. so it would make them feel more you know powerful taller and then it's only been about like a hundred years or so that it has been primarily for women to wear heels and now the whole marketing behind heels is almost generally always associated with sexy so um, heels is like this really interesting thing I got into a lot of like political arguments uh, online I didn't get into them personally I was uh, I was observing the arguments that were happening right so you have a group of people that are like listen I love heels because it makes me feel powerful because now I can be at eye level with a lot of men because you know generally speaking sometimes women can be shorter than men and so like during business meetings I like the fact that I can look them in the eye and be like no you sit the fuck down Kevin Um, (laughs) but then you have a lot of people saying listen heels are literally to slow women down, make us slower. We can't be as comfortable as men. We are literally wearing heels because it's visually attractive to the male eye. Like this is really shitty. So, um, <laughs> I'm
0: kind Damn. of like on the
1: fence on both. Like, I understand the marketing behind heels is kind of nasty, and they were like, also, can we point out the fact that that most major like uh, designer heel makers are men, so it is really all geared towards the visual pleasement of the male eye.
2: Well, as a stray man, yes. um, I'll say I feel like I don't have that much interest in heels at all. I, my interest versus yours, I have like 1%. You have like 100%. Yeah. So. so I
1: have like 100% interest in heels. And then he actually generally um, on a daily basis gets really upset when I choose to wear heels because about halfway through the date, I'll be like, honey, like my feet hurt. And then I'll be grabbing onto him, pulling him down while I'm trying to limp to the car in my heels.
2: Yeah. And then he's
1: like, we came to the mall. Why did you not just wear sneakers? it is more practical
2: (laughs) so don't you think i feel like more women are into heels than men
1: i mean technically maybe you are a weird one but like i I do think that more women are into heels i'm more on the fence of like heels do make me feel very powerful in the sense that yes i'm taller but also in the worst case scenario if i am running away from someone i'm thinking maybe i can take off the heels and stab them in the eyes with it that's kind of like it's like a weapon. See, I
2: want to. I wonder if it, this is like cars. You know, yeah. people think guys love cars because it will attract more women. Yeah. But truth is, most women don't care about cars like that. And you guys don't know. Just really like and cars. it's always dudes that's like, oh my god, look at that Lambo. Like girls think guys can tell or care, but most guys don't care about if you're wearing heels or not. Mm. But most girls are like, damn, that heel looks so nice. Wait, you like that?
1: to me. It is funny because when you do see a guy with like a really cool car they're just like a group of other guys around that guy. It's never like a group of women. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're like oh, okay. <laughs> well it's interesting but let's talk about a guy who was really obsessed with heels. So Jerry Brudos is probably one of the strangest serial killers I've ever researched in the sense of um, he's got a lot of interesting things that he would do with bodies. He had a frozen foot in his freezer so that he could just model model high heels he had a breast paperweight so he had cut off the boob of one of his victims and then molded it in resin to become a paperweight Uh, yeah but he also had a wife and kids that were home while he was doing all of this in his garage. So Jerome Henry Brutos, otherwise known as Jerry Brudos, otherwise known as the shoe fetish killer, the lust killer. Let's get into his childhood. So he was born in a place called Webster, South Dakota. Now this was a farm. So he's born into this farm and it was a relatively sustainable business for his parents. So his mom's name is Eileen and his dad's name is Henry. And his mom was very interesting because she was really conservative. She was religious. She hated heels. Um, the way that Jerry always said was that she always wore sensible shoes very practical shoes heels aren't that practical right she wasn't really feminine she never wore makeup she hated short skirts she actually thought that people who wore those were slightly shameful she was kind of a pick me girl you know she was like pick me I don't wear these because I'm a natural team. he was the second son so he had an older brother by the name of Larry now this is where things get really complex because he is the second kid they already had a son named Larry Eileen really wanted a daughter like she was like oh my god she was hellbent on having a daughter but she ended up not having a daughter she had freaking Jerry and she resented Jerry for it she was like why were you not a daughter I mean it just doesn't make sense to me but it's not the fact that she hates boys it's not the fact that she hates both of her sons it was the fact that she just hated Jerry for being another son she already had a son Mm -hmm. and so it's interesting because Eileen would grow to baby Larry the older son she would spoil him do all these things for him and Jerry would be completely neglected because she wanted a daughter. So it's really weird how they have completely different upbringings and it's not the fact that the mom just hated boys, like it's just so odd. So Larry, he was said to grow up in a very warm, loving household and Jerry, he grew up in a super cold, neglected, I mean, his parents were critical of him. He never received any like physical hugs or kisses or any sort of affection, which, you know, psychologically speaking, as a kid if you don't have physical affection in a healthy way. I'm not talking like sexual abuse. I'm talking like hugs, kisses, compassion from people that you are consenting to and people that you want to be loved by. It really does mess with your psychological standpoint later on. I didn't think it was like that big of a thing, but it kind of is. He was never praised for anything. Even if he did everything perfectly, nobody ever mentioned it in the house. He was pretty much emotionally abused and probably what we consider today to be physically abused. So back in the day, it was just known as a disciplinary household. Mm -hmm. But uh, these days it would be known as like call CPS. This is physical abuse. So there was some light physical abuse involved, but it was immense emotional abuse. Mm -hmm. Now the dad, Henry, he was also not a protector. He wasn't like, listen, Eileen, I know you wanted a daughter, but this is our son. This is our baby. He wasn't like that at all. He just like joined in on the abuse. They literally bullied their own kid. They were just like, let's just take it all out on Jerry because Jerry ruins everything. It's so weird. So this was right before World War Two was about to hit. So that's when they decide to move from their farm to Salem, Oregon. Because when World War II hit, I mean, their farm just was becoming really unsustainable. They weren't making enough money. They couldn't take care of the land. Their crop wasn't growing the way that it was supposed to. So they sold the farm, moved to Salem, Oregon, and they decided that Eileen was going to become a stay-at-home mom and Henry would go out and find a job. Now, there was two issues. Jobs were really hard to come by. I mean, it was freaking World War II. Like, there wasn't jobs everywhere. And on top of that, Henry made it really difficult to employ someone like him. He had massive anger issues. So he would either get fired for exploding on his coworkers or yelling at the boss. Like, there were multiple times where he would just full-on violently try to yell at his own boss. And then he would sometimes quit because he was so upset with his colleagues and how they were so A, B, C, and D, whether they're dumb, whether they're this. Like, he would just get so upset that he would quit his job over it so he was always out of the house he was constantly looking for work starting a new job quitting that new job and then looking for work again and he was never home but when he did come home i mean you would think that henry would be like listen life is hard but look at my wife look at my beautiful kids um but he wouldn't do that at all he actually would come home look specifically for jerry and just start yelling at him like take his anger out on him be like you're the reason why all of this is happening you're the reason for freaking world war ii <laughs> like (laughs) what he would just yell at him so much and if you're like listen this sounds a little dramatic there's no way jerry was neglected like this like how can one kid receive so much love and attention and then the second kid just because they were born a son You know, how can they be so neglected? Well, I think this story will show you how. So at five years old, Jerry actually had wandered off and started exploring in a local junkyard. Yeah, his parents didn't care that he was at a local junkyard. Like he was literally neglected to the point where he could just walk out of the house and walk to a local junkyard at five years old. And they did not care. And so he's hanging out at this local junkyard when he comes across a pair of stilettos. Dun, dun, dun like super high heels still he's like looking at me like what's a stiletto like you know how there's like kitten pumps that are like two inch heels Mm -hmm. stilettos are like boom like five inches
2: five inches doesn't sound that
1: all right listen eggplant man you gotta you gotta tone it down Oh, so five
2: (laughs) inches is like considered really tall I mean, yeah. Okay, okay. Like
1: five inches is like, I probably wouldn't wear five inches to work when I was working retail. I, wow. I think I was like anywhere between like three inches probably of heels.
2: I see. I is where see, I would
1: see. usually get. Okay. But like five inches is pretty tall. So he okay. comes across this pair of stilettos and they were worn out. I mean, they're in a junkyard. These are not Christian Louboutins that he was like, oh my God, new shoes. What's this? Mm-hmm. They were worn out. They were probably stinky. And it was a patent leather stilettos that mm-hmm. were covered in rhinestones. Now, a lot of the rhinestones had Fallen off because, I mean, it's in a junkyard. It's It's been thrown away. And he was fascinated. He looked at this pair of stilettos and he was like, oh, my God. What is that? Uh-huh. So his mom didn't wear stuff like this. And now he was finally seeing high heels up close for the first time. And he just kind of fell in love with it. He was like, this is so... This is weird. This is cool. So he brings it home. And when he gets home, his mom sees him holding a pair of stilettos because it's not something that you can just like, you know, easily be like, oh, it's fine. It's nothing. Uh And his mom is like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, well, I found it at the junkyard and I really like them. So I brought them home. Okay, now here's my thing. Uh-huh. I'm not a mom, but if I was a mom, I'd probably be more concerned. What were you doing in a junkyard, right? And then second of all, those those things are probably filthy. Like if you touch them, there's probably like, you know, foot fungus on it, maybe. A- athlete's foot. That was a thing in high school, right? That's why you don't share shoes with like uh, uh, stinky shoe people which is like everyone in high school me included because like you don't know what kind of fungus happens when you sweat in your shoe i mean they were really old they were pretty nasty like all of those things i'd be like maybe you shouldn't be touching that and touching your face like go wash your hands Uh but uh instead of all of that she was like listen jerry i don't want you playing with women's stuff which is kind of ironic because the whole reason that jerry is neglected is because she wanted jerry to be a girl So she's a little weird. So this is what she decides to do. As the great parent that she is, Mom of the Year Award goes to Eileen. She says, yeah, okay, you're going to have to go to that junkyard alone and go dispose of those shoes again. Like she didn't just throw them into her own trash can. Mm -hmm. She was like, go back to the junkyard by yourself. And Mm -hmm. go put those shoes back Mm -hmm. So he said okay he's crying He walks to the junkyard with those shoes in his hands And as he's about to put them down He's like you know what this is really unfair Like I really love these shoes So he was able to stick them into his shirt And sneak them into his room Like he had just opened the door to his house And was like hey mom bye like I'm going upstairs And then like went upstairs And started hiding them under his mattress And every day he would take them out Whenever he had any like alone time And he would try those shoes on as a 5-year-old. I mean, imagine like those shoes are going to be massively huge on him. They're not going to fit perfectly. This isn't Cinderella, uh-huh. but he would try to walk in them and he was just really enjoying trying them on. Now, one day, he gets caught by his mom trying on the shoes. So, uh-uh. she's really upset because first of all, he deceived him her by saying like, "Oh, I threw it away." But also on top of that, "Why are you wearing girls' shoes?" And like I have something to say about that. First of all, I just don't agree with Eileen's parenting. But you know what I do agree with? I agree with the fact that, you know, finding the right shoe for you is like, it's difficult, but it's harder to find the right vitamin for you <laughs> I have a trick question If I told you, listen, I will give you $5 right now If you can list everything in your multivitamin Do you really know what's in there? Because I looked, and it's really alarming There's lots of sugars, there's GMOs, there's synthetic fillers There's artificial colorants Not to mention, there's probably a lot of animal byproducts Like sheep's wool, gelatin from hooves and heights And all of these are ingredients that are really common in most multi vitamins. But listen, ritual is not Like most multivitamins It's a clean, vegan-friendly formula And it's made with key nutrients And forms your body can actually use So there's no shady extras Because why would you take a vitamin That's supposed to be good for you And then you're getting all these additives That you didn't ask for I have been using Ritual for I want to say over a year now And it has been like my morning go-to Like I wake up in the morning I take my Ritual And I start my day Here's why I love it I've got indigestion issues Especially first thing in the morning They have these like smart capsules They're delayed release capsules Design so it's gentle on the empty stomach, and they have this delayed release formulation so it dissolves later in a very absorbent, less sensitive area of the gut. They also have essence of mint inside, so you don't get that that weird vitamin aftertaste of like, gosh, I need to eat something now, right? You can get all of your key nutrients that you need delivered in just two daily pills. There's no GMOs, no major allergens, animal products, synthetic fillers, and artificial colors or preservatives. And you also need know where every single nutrient comes from thanks to their one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. It's pretty amazing. So now Ritual is available for women, men, and teens and they also have multivitamins that are scientifically developed to help different life stages, including their prenatal, their postnatal. They are delivered to your door every single month with free shipping always. You can start, you can snooze, or cancel your subscription at any time. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your order. So you deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That's why Ritual is offering you guys 10% off during your first three months visit ritual.com slash rotten to start your ritual today so then what jerry's mom decided to do was that she was gonna drag jerry and the pair of shoes all the way to the backyard and sit jerry down and force him to watch her burn the shoes Like, literally burn in a fire. I mean, I just, like, why can't she just trash it? This is, like, so extra, so obnoxious. For what? For what, lady? And in this, to Jerry, I mean, he's five. He doesn't, first of all, he doesn't understand gender norms that are imposed by society. He doesn't understand why high heels are so... So strange for him to have. For him, it's almost like this new toy that he found. It's Mm -hmm. almost like this very interesting, cool gadget that he just got. Like, it's not like, oh, no, this is a female thing and you're not a female. Like, he's five. He doesn't know what society back then deemed as female things Mm -hmm. so he's a little bit confused she's not explaining it to him she's just really upset with him and almost treating him as if he's like this weirdo Mm -hmm. so he's like what is happening and in his head because he's five he starts kind of associating at this point this early on shamefulness and like this taboo thing to be associated with heels And then later, it'll almost be like, you know, people who wear heels, maybe they're taboo. Maybe they are shameful. Maybe these women that wear heels are a little bit weird. Maybe they're, you know... Asking for it in some way, shape, or form, right? Mm. This was completely humiliating for Jerry, and this was traumatizing, and anything taboo and forbidden, it's kind of human nature to be drawn to it. So we're going to see him get drawn to high heels over and over again for the rest of his criminality career, his whole criminal spree that he does. Now, around the same time, he started being befriended by a neighbor that was the same age as his mom. And it's not creepy by any means. I know it sounds a little bit creepy because we do so many like last week's episode was about Daisy's destruction. And so now every time we see like an older person, we're like, creep, creep. (laughs) Okay, it's not creepy. So he was just playing out in the street by himself as he does all the time, like alone, unsupervised, like literally playing out in the road by himself. And Mm -hmm. so this neighbor started taking notice and was like, oh, God, like this is really bad. So she would come. She would give him little snacks here and there. A little bit of food She would look out her window To make sure like No car runs him over No one tries to kidnap him Because I mean What the heck Like this is really dangerous And she would give him hugs She'd be like Oh Jerry And then she would hug him Again not in a weird way Mm -hmm. And Jerry was really In love with this neighbor Like not in a weird way He just would always Tell her listen I wish you were my mom instead I wish you were my mom instead And so for a brief moment in time It almost seemed like He kind of transferred All of his parental love To this woman He wanted wanted this woman to be his mom and it almost gave him hope because he's thinking, you know, maybe one day I can live with her because he's five. He doesn't understand that CPS probably won't let that happen within a year of them being, you know, friends of them bonding. Mm -hmm. She passed away. I mean, she had a lot of health issues and this to him was almost like the death of a parent. Like, even though it sounds crazy because, you know, they've only known each other for a year, but he's only been alive for like five years. And this was the first time that he felt love and like he felt affection and he felt like this adult was caring for him he look, He felt looked after which yeah. is really important and then around the same time a friend of his a 5 year old girl that he used to hang out with on the streets and I'm not saying like you know like that but like just because they would play out on the streets together mm-hmm. she ended up dying So this was just a lot of death at a really young age. So then at six years old, his family is like, listen, we're going to move from Portland, Oregon or Salem, Oregon, and we're going to move to California. So at six years old, the family moves to California and he starts school in California. And that's when he realizes, oh, my God, all these teachers are wearing heels. Like there's so many people wearing heels. He'll go to the supermarket. All these people are wearing heels. He'll go to school. All of his school teachers are wearing heels. And he said every time he saw a pair of heels, he got this feeling that he wanted to play with them he wanted to touch them he wanted he wanted the high heels now I wouldn't say at this point that it's sexual because he's six years old and when you're six nothing sexual right so it just Mm -hmm. seemed like he had this weird fascination with heels right so in the first grade his teacher had taken off her high heels to teach so she had put them under her desk and I think she had changed into a pair of flats Mm -hmm. so she's like writing on the whiteboard blah 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 blah, and then she's like okay like now it's playtime. everyone can just like play around the room like grab your little toys and we can all have like a little recess and he was playing near her desk when he noticed a pair of high heels under her desk so Uh he's like oh my god this is my chance so he makes his way under the desk and he starts playing with the heels and this is kind of like the first time that he's playing with heels and he doesn't get reprimanded for it like the teacher's not yelling at him i don't think she saw to be honest and like the other kids they saw but they didn't really say anything because they were just like oh whatever who cares right so he's playing with these heels and recess is about to be over and mm-hmm. the teacher is about to tell everyone to put their toys away uh-huh. but he's like wait a minute i need to take these shoes home like i really do so he has this new plan he's like i'm gonna hide these shoes and then when it's time to go home i'm gonna slip them into my backpack and i'm gonna book it like i'm just gonna take heels with <laughs> he's me he's
2: gonna rob the shoes <laughs> he's
1: gonna rob the shoes right but um to think that The teacher won't notice that her shoes under her desk aren't missing is kind of like a like a first grader thing to think, you know. And so uh, he he hides the shoes and immediately the teacher notices. So she says, "Okay, class, like I'm missing my shoes. Did anyone see my (laughs) shoes? And everyone's like, no, Mrs. Blah, blah, blah. We didn't see your shoes. And then she says, "Okay, class, we're going to play this new game where we're going to look for my shoes, bitches, you know she didn't say that (laughs) i would be a horrible teacher and so she's like okay we're gonna look for my shoes and so everyone's looking and almost quickly it was found To be hiding, right? And so she's like, okay, now who did this? And everyone's like, well, I saw Jerry playing with your shoes, right? And so she asks Jerry, did you hide my shoes, Jerry? And he says, yes. And she said, why did you hide my shoes, Jerry? Mm -hmm. And he just didn't have any answer. And she was asking him in front of the whole class. And again, this added to the humiliation of playing with high heels. That's
2: crazy to think about, you know, because the dude was probably has no interest in shoes, but... All these events made him become more and more curious with the shoes.
1: See, this kind of reminds me of like parents and drugs and sex. Like,
2: whoa 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 whoa.
1: Like I feel like when parents are overly protective of drugs, it makes people more curious. Yeah. Whereas if parents are like, let's have an open conversation where I'm gonna try to be as understanding as possible. I think it makes the kids less interested in drugs. Whereas a parent is like, don't even say the W-E-E-D word in this house, you know? Don't even, oh God, you know. Then What's I feel the like the
2: W word. Don't say the W.
1: D- weed. <laughs> <laughs> like what a (laughs) burger like don't bring that word in the house i feel like it makes people more curious or like we've seen so many serial killers or a lot of like serial rapists whose parents will literally never who will shame them for even getting a boner which is all part of natural biology like you're gonna have a boner Wait, what? Yeah. Of people the parents who won't, will shame them? Like, not necessarily shame them, but won't even talk about it. Will oh. make them feel dirty for feeling these things or thinking these thoughts or even being curious about the opposite gender. They'll make them feel like that's a very shameful, disgusting thing. But mm. then also, these are the same parents that, like, immediately they're like, hey, so, like, when am I going to get a grandkid? And you're like, what? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? So then that was pretty much the first grade. He had another moment of like, oh, my God, this is so humiliating. All of his classmates were looking at him like Why did you steal the shoes Jerry Please explain to us Mm -hmm. And again if it wasn't for his first experience With his mom I think this would have been embarrassing But it wouldn't have been as traumatizing as it was Because it would just be like I don't know dude I just wanted to steal the shoes I guess Right but he already felt like Stealing high heels or having high heels Was so taboo And he probably felt like everyone was looking at him With these like taboo like weird Like oh eyes And so in Mm -hmm. the second grade He actually failed the second grade. So the second grade, there was a lot of health issues that were happening with Jerry. So he had massive circulation problems in his legs. And I'm not entirely sure where this came about to be. And I don't know if it's all from neglect. But um, he had to have surgery two times on his legs. His veins would swell up, causing his legs to get really, really swollen. And that was a really big problem. He had laryngitis. He had measles at one point. He would get these constant fungal infections on his toes. In his fingers and that would actually be so severe that it would require surgery now again i don't know if it's from those high heels but i'm telling you don't be putting on shoes from the junkyard until you disinfect them that's all i gotta say okay you gotta disinfect shoes if they've been worn before someone you don't know. And so he had these fungal infections, but I don't know if it came from the shoes. It could have been just pure neglect as well, right? Or it could have been a combination of both. And he would have these chronic migraines that would cause him to vomit. And at one point in his life, he had like lost sight of one of his eyes for a very brief period in time. So it was really bad. Like it was a lot of health issues. This was the second grade. So Larry, on the other hand, he had no health issues. He was the favorite child. And it's kind of interesting how the psychology of these parents work because You know They start neglecting Jerry The minute that he's born Because he's born a son Mm
0: -hmm. And they wanted
1: a daughter And then now Because he's been neglected It's like a cause and effect Because he's neglected He starts becoming like this Now once he's like this It just confirms In the parents' head It's all Jerry's fault Jerry's the weird one Because look at Larry Our other son That we don't neglect And he's perfectly fine So it's not our problem It's Jerry's problem It's not the fact That we're neglectful parents Because we have a kid that's doing just fine so it's like this vicious cycle of them confirming their own bullying in their head because the effects of neglect are starting to show now larry he was more popular he was well liked he had great you know grades in school Mm -hmm. he was essentially the favorite the mom would always say you know this is why i like larry more In front of Jerry. It's just so odd. So then that's when Jerry started really getting into his little high heel fetish. And I I mean, I guess it's not a fetish at this point. But he starts stealing shoes yeah so um there was this family of neighbors nearby and they decided to come over for dinner so they had been invited by the brutus family and it was parents it was a mom and a dad they had two teenage daughters and they had a boy that was around jerry's age so they were all having this like good cute little dinner party together Mm -hmm. and one of the teenage girls she had shown up wearing heels and so the whole time jerry was just like staring at her feet like he would like drop his fork and be like let me just look under the dinner table to like you know grab my little fork and she suddenly started feeling feeling ill i know no one was poisoned don't worry she started feeling a little bit sick and she's like oh god like i don't feel good guys and instead of going all the way home her parents were like oh like why don't you go lay down on the couch and so the bruto's parents were like oh no, no no like why don't you go upstairs and lay down on one of the boys' bed like it'll be fine like we're just gonna finish up here you go upstairs and lay down and so she goes upstairs she lays down and she falls asleep on the bed now jerry he sneaks upstairs and he's hoping that she had taken off her shoes so that she could sleep on the bed but she hadn't she had gone into the bed with her shoes on so he's like god damn it so then he takes the blanket off of her feet and starts trying to take her shoes off of him Like, just prying those heels off of her feet. Uh Now, the girl obviously wakes up because, like, she's not drugs, you know, like, what are you, what are you doing? And she looks at this little boy, this, like, six-year-old boy taking her heels off her feet. And she's like, what the fork? Like, this is so weird. Uh But she doesn't tell anyone about it like she doesn't tell Jerry's parents because like it's not like that big of a thing like how like how would you phrase it like I was sleeping and your son tried to take my shoes off like Jerry could be like you were in my bed with shoes on you freak like take your shoes off before you jump into someone's bed you creep you know like that's what I would say Uh Um, so she just didn't say anything she just remembered being like what a weirdo like what a weird kid and then she just like went downstairs joined the rest of the family had dessert and then they left. Uh Now that little boy That little boy That was around Jerry's age From that family The little brother Of that sister That he had just tried To pry the shoes off of They became close friends So -hmm. Jerry would constantly Go to his neighbor's house To hang out With that younger brother And they uh, They started playing a game (laughs) Which is a really Really creepy game And this was uh, Jerry's new favorite game Which would be To sneak into That little boy's Teenage sister's room And steal A bunch of underwear And bring it back To their room And start like Trying it on like touching it and I don't know like just doing stuff with the panties (laughs) I mean, okay. I've never like had a kid. I've never raised a son. I wasn't a son So I don't know. Um, I did read somewhere that it's really normal for kids to do this it what? sounds really serial killer but like for a son to like steal underwear because they're just like confused and they don't know what's going on like they're just like oh like why do they wear this and why does mine like different from theirs and mm-hmm. just like pure fascination really so i heard this isn't like the most alarming thing in the world like this is not a situation where if you find your kid like killing a cat you should be like oh my god they need to go to see someone you know it's getting serious i heard this is something that you can take care of in the safety of your home as parents like just like hey listen these aren't for you unless you want them to be, you know, but you got to ask before you take people's things, blah, 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 blah. It's just a conversation that needs to be had, but uh, it, it would escalate. So Jerry would actually bring these underwear home and he would just hide them in his room. So I think, I think that's where it gets a little weird. You know, I think that's where it gets a little weird in the sense that he knows what he's doing is wrong. So he's Mm -hmm. hiding them. Um, I think if he had questions, maybe he felt like he couldn't talk to his parents about it. I mean, I blame the parents still at this point. So it was just uh, very interesting. And then when Jerry is about nine or 10 years old, he starts another thing. He starts digging a giant hole in his backyard. Like I'm talking ginormous. Like it's not like a cute little grave. little grave like a like a small little hole it's this ginormous hole that he's like planning to dig and he's like nine years old with what muscles dude you're tiny and when he was asked why he's digging this hole by his friends by people around him he Uh said that he wanted to create a dungeon and so everyone's like, okay, like, that's normal. You're still nine. You're still 10. You're probably, like, trying to keep a little dragon in there. Like, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. And then um, they're like, what would you do in your dungeon? Like, are you going to have, like, five dragons in your dungeon? And then he'd be like, no, I want to keep people in my dungeon. Uh-oh. And then everyone's like, what? We, wh-? <laughs> And so they start asking a little more questions. Like, what kind of people? Like, Barbies, you know? Uh-huh. And he's like, um, no, I guess just people.
2: Like your sister?
1: Like you. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine And the way yeah. that he would describe the people in his dungeon It was always she or her So it was always a female But he wouldn't necessarily say like I want to keep girls in my dungeon, you know But mm-hmm. um, it was always kind of implied That they would be women in his dungeon So very, very creepy He ends up giving up on that dream, I guess Because uh, the hole was taking a long time And like, I mean, it takes adults Like years to make a bunker mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm gonna make a bunker You know, so it just didn't work so then he goes into his teenage years and in his teenage years i mean jerry just had so many chores Like his parents were treating him as a maid like a live-in housekeeper. That was his job Larry had no chores none. Larry didn't even do his own laundry Larry didn't put his dishes in the sink. That was all Jerry's job and Larry he could go out hang out with his friends I mean he had a big group of friends. He was popular He would he could go on dates if he wanted to he could go to the movies and Jerry couldn't do any of that because he had chores to do So it was just like, what the fork? Now, during all of this time, Jerry also had absolutely no idea about what sex was. Like, his parents neglected him. But on top of that, even if they didn't, they were super crazy conservative. So it was not a conversation that they had inside of their house. Now, you're probably thinking, then what about Larry? How did Larry turn out the way that he did? Well, Larry had a really big friend group, you know. Mm -hmm. They were popular boys. They all talked to each other. They all, you know, went to the library, read stuff like he had some place where he could communicate and ask questions, not saying that he would get good answers, but at least he knew what sex was and he understood it it to some way, shape or form where Mm -hmm. Jerry, he had no idea. And so boys at school around high school, they started making like all these sex jokes and they would all laugh about it. Mm hmm. And Jerry would just feel so weird because he didn't understand it. He'd be like, I don't get what's so funny about that. Like, I don't understand what that means. I don't understand any of this. And Mm -hmm. so he would feel confused and just like really stupid and ashamed of himself. And he would always think to himself, you know, I grew up on a farm and I saw animals do it and reproduce, but I just don't understand how humans do it. Like, how does it work in terms of humans? Like, do they, what do they do? Right? Like, he genuinely had no idea about sex until his early 20s. Like, he didn't understand that the penis goes into the vagina Mm -hmm. um in terms of like straight you know heterosexual sex right so he just didn't understand any of that Mm -hmm. but he would still have these wet dreams because that's all part of growing up as a guy i heard i don't know so Uh um he would have these wet dreams where he would wake up in the middle of the night and he would have had ejaculated all over himself right and his mom would go absolutely crazy if she ever saw this
2: that is weird so we don't know the context of the dream no because he doesn't even know how it works yeah so we probably assume it has to do with high heels
1: maybe yeah right Mm -hmm. they said he said high heels are his porn he would later even um go to prison and amass a catalog of high heels like just like the magazines
2: that is of high heels. Yeah,
1: it's weird. So then he would have these wet dreams and his mom would go crazy and she would make him scrub the sheets in front of him while she yelled at him about how nasty he is. Which is like, okay, (laughs) I'm so scared of having a son because these seem like tough conversations. But I definitely don't think I would yell at them and call them nasty for something so normal. And she was just a crazy person. And so Jerry decided to snoop into Larry's room one day because he's like, listen, I can't be the only one like going through this. Like, there's no way. Like, what is wrong with me? I know that Larry has the same parents as me. Like, does he know what this is? Like, does he know what wet dreams are? Mm -hmm. And so Larry wasn't home one day. He goes into his room and he starts snooping around. I don't know what he's looking for But he opens a drawer And he sees a drawer full of naked women Okay, no that sounds like he's a kidnapper. A drawer full of drawings of naked women. And these were hand drawings. These were no Picassos. These were literally Larry was sitting there drawing like boobies onto a piece of paper. And, um, you know, back in the day, they didn't really have like the internet. So they had to like use their imagination. So he would like draw the women. And then, yeah, anyways. So then he would take these drawings into his room. Jerry took them into his room and he was just studying them. Like this is the first time he's ever seen a naked woman. And it was just a drawing that his brother did and his brother's not an artiste so it wasn't even like a good drawing it's probably like two circles as boobs you know yeah and so he's like staring at them like what like this is what a woman looks like which is kind of crazy because you would think that when you're a teenage boy you'd kind of already have an idea you know yeah and so he's like what and he's just gasping When his mom walks in, sees these drawings, and she's like, You nasty little hoe, you drew these women? And he didn't even argue. He didn't even say, No, I didn't draw these women. No, I found them in Larry's room. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that his mom wouldn't believe him and then he'd be in more trouble for lying. Mm. So he was just like, Whatever. So he took the punishment and it just was weird. So this is another layer of punishing him for natural curiosity so he just feels like he has to suppress any sort of curiosity of of the opposite gender of anything that's related to sex or anything even taboo and Mm -hmm. he said that at this moment he already felt like a serial killer just by having these natural thoughts like she was treating him as if he's like this disgusting monster you know it's almost like he was like hey mom i'm fantasizing about like popping the head off of our pet dog and -hmm. she would look at him like that but it's just so natural so he starts hating women and he felt like his mom was a representation of all women and he just hated all woman because he felt like anything that had to do with women if he even looked at a woman he looked at a drawing of a woman he would get in trouble he looked at shoes of a woman he'd get in trouble he looked at the heels of a woman he'd get in trouble he would wear the heels of a woman he'd get in trouble he was in trouble for not being a woman the minute that he was born mm. so anything related to woman he was like i'm constantly getting punished for it so i hate them all so <laughs> LA's in lockdown again, okay? It's been like a couple days since we went into like lockdown again. Phase two. And this year, the holidays are looking really different. We didn't go back to Georgia for Thanksgiving. We are not going for Christmas or New Year. These family and friend reunions are not the same this year. But that shouldn't stop us from feeling close to each other. So I'm going to give my loved ones the most meaningful gift this year by not showing up for Christmas. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm gonna give them a chance to tell their story and share memories using StoryWorth. This is so cool. I didn't even think that this would be something that I would just so fall in love with, but it's so cool because it's an online service and it helps your loved ones share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and their personal thoughts. I'm emotional, but my parents are not that emotional. My sister's not that emotional. This is kind of like a fun new way to engage my family, especially those that you can't see in person. Every week, StoryWorth They will email your family member different story prompts So it's kind of like questions that you would never think to ask Or that you might feel a little uncomfortable asking, you know, face to face What small decision that you made ended up having a big impact on your life? I feel like I could never ask my parents that if I just sat them down and I was like, I'ma listen Like, (laughs) I'ma listen listen." Doing it through the story worth, it just really brings out a different side My sister's has been really emotional recently because she is super pregnant (laughs) I feel like when we talk on the phone when we FaceTime she never brings up how she's scared about giving birth and like how she's trying to like block out those feelings of like oh my gosh like what happens if something goes wrong like I'm so scared I'm so nervous about the pain you know with StoryWorth she's able to kind of like put it into words for us and talk about like what she's particularly nervous about what she would even you know kind of want from her family during that time so after one year this is the coolest part StoryWorth will actually compile all of your stories including the photos into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped to you for free 2020 is in a crazy year we might as well remember it and maybe we can get some good memories out of it so give your loved ones the gift of spending time together wherever you live with Storyworth. get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash rotten you'll get ten dollars off your first purchase that's storyworth.com slash rotten for ten dollars off so during this time everyone started freaking dating they were getting girlfriends they were starting to do the nasty lose their virginities everyone's talking about it because this is high school like senior year i'm talking the end of high school and jerry i mean not only did he have no idea what sex was how to really do these things but he also was um not really conventionally attractive people called him a moon face which like suddenly i'm gonna get emotional (laughs) because everyone called me a moon face growing up and they said it's because all of his like features were centered in the middle of his face and he had a lot of face left and i'm so gonna cry (laughs) because that was like my biggest insecurity when i was growing up because i had these massive cheeks so it made it look like my nose and my mouth and my eyes were all like at the center of my face and not like evenly spread out um i grew into my face okay my face is getting i was gonna say better and i was like eh it's getting more like even Less less full you know
2: yeah it's, We've not got, like, a full moon.
1: <laughs> it's not a full moon, you know. Yeah. So back in the day, people used to call me Moonface and they called Jerry Moonface. He had acne. He was a little bit overweight. He also had red hair, which I don't know why people didn't like that. But um, I, I think red hair is so unique and attractive. But um, people didn't like the fact that he had red hair. So everyone used to make fun of Jerry and nobody was interested in it at all. So this led to him getting curiosity. His curiosity quenched in different arenas, different areas. And I want to say the criminal arena. And he started stealing women's underwears. How would he do this? He would go and look at people's backyards and see if like so it was really popular to dry your clothes outside in your backyard on like a clothesline, right? Like a clothing line. And he would go and he would see women drying their clothes. And of course, there would be underwear involved because, you know, you got to wash your underwear and you got to dry it somehow. Mm -hmm. And he would go and steal the underwear that was just off their clothing line like he would just steal it and then eventually he was like oh my gosh there's not enough panties drying out in the wild on a daily basis like I want to steal like five panties a day but I only get maybe like one a week it just wasn't frequent enough it just wasn't hitting the spot so he would eventually escalate into breaking into women's homes just to steal their underwear so then he would bring these undies back in his pocket back to his room he would rush upstairs lock the door and he would try to masturbate to the underwear. Now, he could never orgasm. He could never climax. He would masturbate on and on and on and on and nothing would come to it. Like, that was really weird phrasing. Like, nothing would come out of it. Okay, that was, again, really weird phrasing. He would just never ejaculate he could never climax he could never experience a full orgasm and he was starting to get really really frustrated why why is it that he can only orgasm during a wet dream like he can only ejaculate in his dreams he can never while he's awake ejaculate at this point and he's getting frustrated like is there something wrong with me So he decides to find out for himself. He said, you know, maybe it's because underwear really doesn't do it for people. Like all of the kids in my high school, they're talking about how they love seeing women naked. Like they're all doing it, losing their V cards. Maybe I need to do something similar like that. So at 17 years old, he goes undercover. I mean, this is gonna be the dumbest thing ever. So he goes and knocks on the home of a girl that he had recently stolen underwear from. So she knows that her underwear had been stolen, right? Her house had been burglarized and all they took were her undies. So she opens the door And he says, listen, I'm an undercover cop and I'm investigating the local panty thief. And she says, what? And he's like, Okay, can I come in to ask you a couple questions? Weren't wasn't your underwear stolen? And she says, Yeah, 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 it was. I did report it. And he says, Yeah, yeah, great. So I just have some questions. And so he asks her a couple questions, like, did you notice anyone weird snooping around? And she's like, No, like I was, you know, out and about and then I came home and my undies were taken. Uh-huh. And he says, Okay, well I've got some further questions, but we needed to do it at my house. So why don't you come to my house at this specific date and time and we kind of think Think that he probably did this because you know, like his parents weren't going to be home, Larry wasn't going to be home, so it was a specific date and time. And he said, "You're going to help with this massive sting operation." He's like, "We're going to make it seem like you own this house, and then you know, you've got panties just lying around, and we're going to try to lure the person in, and we're also going to like, you know, I need to ask you more specifics about the panty thief." Blah 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 blah. And then he was like, "Okay, well, thanks for your time, lady," and he leaves. Now this lady, I mean, she kind of knows that something's weird. Like this isn't. Normal, first of all, like no undercover cop knocks on your door and says, I'm an undercover cop, right? That, that's like rule number one of going undercover is that you're undercover, you don't tell people that you're a cop. That's literally rule number one. Rule number two is like, This isn't a police station. Why would I go to this police officer's home, even if he was a real police officer? This seems all sorts of illegal, uh-huh. but for some reason, she was like, You know, what's the worst that could happen? So she ends up going, and when she gets to the house that she was given the address to at that specific time. She knocks on the door and all of a sudden a second floor window opens up and she sees Jerry, the same guy that said he was a cop, shout from the second floor, hey, just let yourself in and come upstairs. So she opens the front door. It was unlocked. She lets herself in, goes upstairs. And when she gets to that room that that window was facing, like she was able to like go upstairs and be like, oh, well, it's facing the front of the house. So obviously. So she goes into that room. Uh and she can't find the cop so she's like hello is anyone here like what's going on Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the closet door bursts open and it's jerry wearing a mask with a knife in his hand
2: rob her like
1: and then he tells that? the woman to start undressing this is in jerry's house by the way okay like just keep this in mind so she's scared he has a knife in his hand she starts taking off all of her clothes he puts the knife to her throat and she's completely naked and he says i need you to pose for pictures so he demands that she pose for all these nude unconsensual fucking pictures and he takes a whole film's worth of photos then he realizes oh well that's all I wanted like I just wanted pictures of a naked woman because I, I don't know what they look like really like this is his first time seeing a naked woman so he's like I wanted to take pictures now that he had the pictures he was like well I guess that's it right so he runs away from his own house he runs away from the crime scene which is his house and his bedroom okay and then when he goes outside he throws away the mask that he was wearing when he jumped out of the closet his knife and his camera and he runs back into the house and that's when he runs into the woman who's now like grabbing all of her clothes trying to run out of there because she's like what the fork just happened right Uh and now this is the undercover cop right and he says oh my god are you okay like while i had shouted out the window to tell you to come upstairs this masked man just like jumped out of nowhere and locked me in the back shed and i just managed to get out
2: is she believing this?
1: She does not, but uh-huh. she goes along with it because she knew that something was weird. Uh-huh. She felt like Jerry was setting her up and she just felt like she just needed to get out of there. So yeah. she's like, oh my God, like I didn't see his face. Like, thank God you're okay. And he was like, yeah, thank God you're okay. And she's like, anyways, and she leaves. Now, the lady doesn't end up going to the police right away. She ends up going to the police after Jerry's caught for his serial killings because, I mean, first of all, like there's really no proof she felt and because Jerry knew her address and just, Like, imagine the trauma of what just happened. Like, he knew her address. This isn't a crime where Jerry's going to be in prison for a long time. He's probably going to get out on bail. He's probably going to be, like, max, spend one night in jail. And people like this are going to be really angry. So, yeah, she took pictures today, but he might do much worse to her later. And... I mean there's she can't blame it on anyone else and be like, No, it's the other girl you did this to. Like she's just scared. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't get out of the police. Jerry goes to like the photo developer, gets the film roll developed, and he goes back home and he's shocked. What? He said that he didn't expect a naked woman to look like that. He just didn't (sighs) expect the private parts to look like the private parts that they look like. Which, like, same, dude. Everyone goes through that. Where they're like, that's what my vagina looks like? That's what a penis looks like? (sighs) Okay, we all have that moment. Jerry was having his moment. But the only problem was it was with these illegal forced pictures non-consensual pictures Uh and so he said at first he was just taken aback and he didn't even want to look at them but then later he got used to it and started looking at them like every day every night just would constantly look at these pictures of the naked woman then he was like man these photos aren't doing it for me like I need more so then he decided on a new plan to attack a woman this time he wanted to fully assault a woman so he asked a girl from school if she needed a ride home and she was like oh my gosh like thanks that's really nice so she gets into his car and he starts driving but instead of taking her home he drives to like this really remote area and forces her to undress to take pictures now this is a girl from school so Mm -hmm. she's like um no Jerry and she says no to him like straight to his face and this pissed him off so much because like how dare women say no and so he starts beating her up violently and randomly a car ends up pulling up and hearing this commotion which is kind of crazy because this was like a really remote area and no cars were passing at the time like this wasn't on the side of like freaking La Cienega and Wilshire right Mm -hmm. so it was just kind of really good timing the people get out of the car and they start investigating and they're like hey like what's going on and Jerry looks at them in the eye With his whole chest. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, I was driving and she fell out of my car. That's why she's bleeding and looks all bruised up. It's because, you know, while I was driving like 30 miles an hour, for some reason, the door just popped open and she fell out the car. And right now I'm just comforting her because she's so scared. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? And the girl was so scared and so shook that she couldn't even talk she was just crying and bleeding and so thankfully the people that had just pulled up in that car they did not believe Jerry's story because I mean the amount of blood that there was but also the situation is just weird like who just falls out of a moving vehicle like that doesn't make any sense so they're like oh like okay you're right well why don't we just take her to the police so the the people in the car take her to the hospital and they had reported everything to the police the witnesses were strong like it wasn't even being like oh my stepbrother who I hate beat up this girl it was like a random stranger so Mm -hmm. the police are like okay like do you remember the guy's name and she's like yeah i go to school with him his name is jerry Mm -hmm. so the police are like let's go to jerry's house to investigate so they go into his house and they start searching around with a search warrant Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: they find pictures of that first woman and you can just tell from the pictures that i mean like she just like really wasn't trying to take these pictures like you can tell she looks so scared she looks terrified. She looks she doesn't want to be there. And they also find a huge collection of stolen underwear. There was underwear that dated to over a decade ago from 10 years ago. Remember when he was like six or seven stealing um panties from his friend's older sister that he tried to take the shoes off of? Yeah. He had kept underwear from over 10 years years ago. Now, Jerry was able to talk his way out of the underwear, because technically it's not a crime to have women's underwear in your house. It's not a crime to have or buy them. He could say it was his girlfriend's underwear. He could say that he bought those underwear. I mean, there was no proof that he physically went into people's homes to steal that underwear. But also, think about underwear. Like, let's say someone came into my house, burglarized me, and all they took was my black thongs, okay? I go to the police. They find someone who has black thongs. How can Mm -hmm. I say that they didn't just go to the same store and buy these generic black thongs you know like it's there's no way to say that that is definitively mine and they stole them from me Mm -hmm. and so then the police were like okay fine that explains the underwear but what about the pictures there's no denying that she is a terrified naked woman in the pictures and he said well here's the thing i don't even know this woman you know i went to school one day and one of the high school bullies came up to me and was like hey you're gonna go develop this film or i'm gonna beat you up and so i went and developed it and i was gonna go give it back to him but um yeah That's it and so I don't know I mean the pictures were never released obviously but I don't know maybe it was like against a a wall because I'm wondering like why couldn't they identify the pictures to have been taken inside of Jerry's house which Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense to me but it seems like the police said that there wasn't like 100% evidence that Jerry was the one who took the pictures even if they could conclude that it was in Jerry's house it could have been Larry it could have been his you know dad it could have been anyone Mm -hmm. so the pictures and underwear it seems like he's just gonna get away with it so the police were like okay we can't really charge him for this but we can charge him for the attack on the schoolgirl, because there's witnesses. She went to the hospital. So we're going to take him to court. So he gets taken to court. And because he's 17 at the time, he's sentenced to just time in a psychiatric hospital. And during this time, he gets diagnosed with a couple of things. The first diagnosis is that they said that he had an adjustment reaction from adolescence with sexual deviation and fetishism, which is just a very elaborate, weird way of saying like, oh, he's being an awkward teenager. And they said that he would simply grow out of it. He would simply grow up and not be such a weird perv. That's what they said. And then they diagnosed him with schizophrenia. Now, this type of schizophrenia is a little different from all the other, you know, serial killers, schizophrenia diagnosis that we've talked about. This was kind of a blanket Term that they gave so these Days schizophrenia is a very specific Mental illness and you have to have very Specific symptoms and there Have to be multiple different doctors who are like okay Listen like I think this is what's going on Mm -hmm. but back In the day schizophrenia was kind of like this Blanket term for anyone who was mentally Ill that they just didn't understand They were like Mm -hmm. it seems to be some form of Schizophrenia so they just diagnosed Him with that and the diagnosis Also lets doctors start Experimenting with different medicines to give So they just Mm -hmm. experimented on him for the like the next seven months to a year that he was held there now he wasn't really held held like he was allowed to go out during the day to go to school and he would come at night to the ward and he would just sleep there. So it was mm-hmm. weird. Now, he ends up graduating high school from the psychiatric ward and he didn't have any friends. I mean, it's so crazy. I think this is probably the most insulting thing is that he wasn't even the talk of the high school. Like, imagine if someone from your high school, not even a popular kid, not even a creepy kid, just someone in your high school assaulted another person from your high school and is now in a psychiatric ward. Like, people are going to be talking about it, Right. Yeah. But nobody even cared. Like literally nobody even cared to talk about him. They were just like, oh, he's weird. Nobody, I don't know. That's just how little people cared about him, it seemed. Nobody was like, what? That's crazy. People were just like, oh, what a weirdo. And then they just moved on. So he wasn't even bullied and I don't know if that's worse because you know, he's neglected at home bullied at home But then at school, it's not even like he's bullied so he can have an emotion. Mm -hmm. It's like he's simply not there So after he graduates from high school, he tries to go to college, but uh, he's a pretty lazy dude. So he ends up dropping out and joining the army. Now, during the army is where some weird shit starts to happen. There's a Korean woman involved. okay? so he joins the army and he gets a mechanical engineering position at the army. Now, he learns all about electrical engineering, mechanical engineering, and he was really good with it. Like he was like people described him from the army in the beginning that he would get along with everyone. He was a normal dude. He was really good. Like he had a knack for and like electrical shit like he would be a really good electrician I sound like I have no idea what electricity is I'm like what is that like they were like you know he would be really good he could definitely have a career after the army then it started getting weird like Mm -hmm. all of it was completely fine then it started getting weird he starts complaining about how he was getting harassed every single night now who was he complaining to all of like his dorm people so in the army you have to share the room with a bunch of people Mm -hmm. a bunch of other army people and he started complaining every single morning to the same people that he shared the room with how every single night in the middle of the night he was getting harassed by a korean woman and they're like first of all we're not stationed in korea and what
2: is there a korean woman there
1: no, no i mean there are but like not really like it wasn't like a plethora of korean women in the army
2: they hear stephanie su's voice
1: <laughs> and so he's like yeah i get harassed every single night by a korean woman sounds like and- my life <laughs> <laughs> oh my god now i can't say the next thing she would break into the room while everyone's asleep the korean woman and she would ignore all of these other army men and go straight to jerry and just constantly try to have sex with him (laughs) honey (laughs) and he just didn't want it he was like god korean woman i'm not horny today and this korean woman i mean she's just wow such a stereotypical subservient Korean submissive sex freak who just loves Caucasian men and we can't help ourselves it was just a really weird thing like he was just like god she's just like constantly finds me and just like wants me to fuck her so bad and everyone everyone's just like that's not happening like that's not happening it almost seems a little racist to be honest but it's definitely not happening like we sleep in the same room as you and mm-hmm. no offense Kevin's hotter than you you know like they're just like this doesn't make any sense okay so like they didn't understand if he was having these crazy hyper realistic dreams or if this was his weird antisocial way of like trying to brag to these dudes that like oh i'm just as cool as y'all you know like i'm just as wanted and as manly as you guys and then some of the dorms people were like maybe he's like hallucinating like we don't understand is he lying or Or is this happening in his head that he believes it? Mm -hmm. So they don't know. So they recommended that he go see an army psychiatrist. Like they went to the army psychiatrist and they were like, hey, you should probably talk to this dude. Like he's kind of weird. So the army psychiatrist has one session, one session with Jerry Brudos Mm -hmm. and he was officially discharged from the army. After one session. So we can kind of assume some shit was happening. Um, That record, I don't think, has ever been publicly released of what happened in that one session. But it seems like some shit happened. So now Jerry is 20 years old, and he has to move in back with his parents because he doesn't really have a place to stay. He doesn't have a job. Like, he no longer is in the army, so he can't stay on base. So he's like, what the heck? So he goes home. Now, this is like a new house. So Larry had a room, but Jerry didn't have a room. Because he went to the army and now Larry was at college. So Jerry had taken Larry's room. Uh But then Larry came home from college and was like, get the fuck out of my room. So then Jerry was like, "Okay, like, where am I going to live? So the parents are like, why don't you live in the shed that we have outside? So he starts living in the shed full time. He had blocked out the windows to make it just super dark inside, super private. And instead of getting a job, he would just go out onto like these busy areas. Like he would go downtown. He would go to like where all like the malls and he would just watch people like watch women like he'd sit on a bench and just watch women walk by and like look at their heels like he would just watch them then it started getting really bad one day as he's watching these women he sees a woman with a red dress and these red heels on and he's starting to get attracted he's like damn so he decides he needs to follow her and he ends up following her all day and then all the way back to her apartment at the end of the day Now instead of turning around now And going home and being like oh my god like how did I End up here like what's wrong with me I should probably get some Help he was like I'm gonna wait until She unlocks her apartment door and I'm gonna sneak up behind her and Then he didn't really have a plan so then Mm -hmm. it started Happening like he's coming up with his plan As it's happening and so he finally Sneaks up behind her as she's opening Her apartment door chokes her Until she's fully unconscious Now mind you she did not get A look at his face because all of this was happening While she was innocently just trying to enter her own apartment and he started choking her. So mm-hmm. she drops to the ground unconscious at this point and he starts panicking. He's like, "What do I do? What do I do?" At first he's like, "Did I freaking kill this woman? Like mm-hmm. did I kill her? If I killed her, like do you think the cops would believe me if I told them it was an accident?" Or he's like, "Okay, like what if I just like leave her now? She probably didn't see my face. Like maybe I could get away with this?" Mm-hmm. Or he's like, "What if I raped this woman, you know? Like Could I do that? Like, he's thinking about all of these things. So after a long thought process, he decides that he only wants her shoes. So he doesn't move her body. He just takes off her red heels and he takes them home with him. And he said that he finally felt powerful. And he finally felt like a release of pent-up emotions just by taking her shoes with him.
2: Interesting.
1: And he would... um sleep with them like a teddy bear at night and he would continue to do this to a ton of different women he would choke them until they fell unconscious and he would steal their shoes off their feet their high heels off their feet and he had a huge collection of high heels that he would rotate and sleep with them like he'd be like tuesdays are for this green pair wednesdays are for this pink pair of stilettos but
2: he only wants shoes that he That's the only way he... He doesn't just go to a store and buy shoes or... He wants to warm the so, shoes that, from women that he find attractive.
1: Yes, but also like psychiatrists have studied this case and they said, yes, he does have a shoe fetish. Yes, it is somewhat sexual, but it's not necessarily just a shoe fetish because I mean so many people have a shoe fetish, but you don't see them going around knocking people unconscious. Yeah. The reason that Jerry is doing this is because the shoes have this power over him. So he is now essentially taking that power away from women. So he felt powerless because he was attracted to these high heels. You know people would get mad at him he would get humiliated he would be so uncomfortable when he got caught with them Mm -hmm. but now he's taking away that from these women and he hates women so now he's the powerful one
2: interesting okay so
1: like all of this information it all leads to one thing how do i sleep at night how do you sleep (laughs) in this would have been so bad if it weren't for my helix mattress let me explain i thought being an adult was having a bed frame okay but like I really forgot that people do not put enough emphasis on their mattress. You spend eight hours a night on this baby and you just pick a random one. How do you know that it's catered to you? Because everybody sleeps differently. That's why I'm obsessed with Helix Sleep. They give you a quiz. It just takes two minutes for you to complete. And it matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Everybody sleeps really differently. I'm a side sleeper. Finally, with Helix, they were like, listen, I have the one for you. It's called the Midnight Lux. It's like a medium firm mattress. It has this great cooling thing so that if we sleep hot, it cools us down. Holy cow. It works they also have mattresses that are specifically designed for plus size folks so that you can get the best comfortable sleep and it's all tailored to you it's a huge upgrade to what we used to have and the delivery and setting it up was so easy it's soft but it's still really supportive so if you guys are looking for a mattress you take the quiz you order the mattress that you're matched to and the mattress comes right to your door shipped for free you don't ever need to go to like one of those mattress stores and like uncomfortably lay down on a mattress while a sales associate is breathing on you being like do you like it do you you want to take it home right now and then you're just like whoa dude this is a lot helix is awesome but you don't need to take my word for it they were awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by gq and wired magazine so go to helixsleepcom rotten take their two minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life they have a 10-year warranty and you can try it out for 100 nights risk-free they'll even pick it up if you don't love it but trust me you will so helix is offering up to 200 off of all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash rotten so he starts working at a radio station okay and he makes friends At this radio station He still couldn't make Any female friends But the dudes at this Radio station They love him They're like Wow you're kind of cool You're kind of fun Tell us more about This Korean woman At the army We want to know more (laughs) And so He starts confiding in them That you know Other than this Korean woman Who would harass him at night He's never had a girlfriend And they're like What? And so one of the guys Decided to set him up With one of his female friends Her name was Darcy Metzler And she was 17 years old Now at this time Jerry was 22 years old So right now This would be Highly illegal This Your can you should be in prison, jail, right? But back in the day, it wasn't um that crazy, I guess. It was a
2: match made in heaven. Yeah, it was a
1: match made in heaven. Now, Darcy was completely out of his league. I mean, she was beautiful. She was literally the attention of a lot of males' eyes. And she just, just for some reason, was drawn to Jerry. And I'm not saying this because Jerry is less attractive than him. That's not the case. But it's the fact that, you know, Jerry was not particularly a nice person he wasn't very funny he just didn't really have a stellar personality and he was Mm -hmm. a panty thief and she loved him and a lot of it had to do with the fact that her parents hated him so she was like you know i'm 17 like i'm trying to do things that my parents don't want me to do and she liked the idea of having this older guy because you know it's like very protective it's like this sexy masculine right and she really fell in love with the idea of jerry unless
2: yeah yeah you know topper
1: you don't love me you love the idea of being seen with me you get it so that was kind of the situation that darcy was in and jerry he wanted to dominate darcy he was like oh this is perfect because i'm 22 she's 17 and i could just control her and i could make her do whatever i wanted because i am a misogynistic hoe and he was really excited but then jerry realized that he really loved her Started falling in love, yeah. He didn't want to hate her. He didn't want to dominate her. He didn't want to, like, choke her and steal her heels. He just really loved her. So he would start sending Darcy flowers. He would open doors for her, which is really you know, seems like the bare minimum, but it was a lot for Jerry. So within a couple months, he's like, um, let's get married. So he goes over to Darcy's house and asks his Darcy's dad for her hand in marriage, which is like a very thing that they used to do. They should still do it these days. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, (laughs) absolutely not. You are a piece of poo and we don't want you marrying our kid. And so he goes to Darcy and he says, listen, I wanted to propose to you, but your parents said, no, what should we do? So they come up with this crazy plan. They said, listen, Darcy's parents would be more against her having a kid out of wedlock than her getting married to Jerry. So she just needs to get pregnant. So they were like, okay, this is amazing. So six weeks of meeting Jerry, she was already pregnant with his kid. And, his par- and the parents agreed that they should get married. So they end up getting married. Now, <laughs> this is when Jerry is like, listen, I've got a house rule for you. There's one thing. You can do anything in this house. You can have fun. You know, you can giggle. You can laugh. Ooh, I'm such a nice person. But I've got one rule, which is that if you're cooking or cleaning, folding laundry, or anything else that only you do because you are a female in the 60s, what a time to be alive, right? You would have to do it completely naked, wearing nothing but a pair of high heels. And she agreed to it because, I mean, she's like, this is my husband. i want to put an in effort into this relationship. I want to make it work. So then she would do that. And he would start taking photos of her doing household chores completely naked in a pair of high heels. And so she would just like pose for them. She wasn't against it. So it seems like this is the first time it was consensual for Jerry to be doing something like this. So they welcomed their first child and they had a daughter by the mm-hmm. name of Megan And Even when she was growing up To be a toddler This is where it gets weird The parents would just Run around the house naked Like butt naked Darcy and Jerry They would be naked All the time I mean This is weird But like I guess Maybe it's okay If they're an infant But like when they become A toddler You're really traumatizing Your kid Like this is not It's a little weird
2: He's like the total opposite Of what his mom was Yeah So the mom was like We can't even talk about heels Yeah And now he's like Let's all go naked Let's be all
1: naked but he wasn't even doing it in the sense of like a nudist like he wasn't trying to teach a kid like no you should embrace your naked skin like it wasn't anything Mm -hmm. like that it was just like i just want my you know wife to be naked all the time so i can look at her naked bod and it was so Mm -hmm. weird because darcy would even pose naked with a pair of high heels on megan's like bike that they just bought her which is starting to hit a territory that is just so alarming so then darcy starts getting upset by this she's like you know what wait a minute when she was an infant this was okay but now she's a toddler and I feel like we're going to traumatize her. I feel like us being naked all the time is like doing something weird to my kid and I don't like it. So mm-hmm. she says, listen, I'm not going to be naked around the house anymore. And on top of that, be it, we've been married for what? How many years now? I'm done wearing these high heels. It's impractical. I don't want to cook and clean While I'm wearing heels, that doesn't make sense. My back is hurting. She was actually starting to have like knee issues and back issues because, I mean, wearing heels can already hurt you. But like imagine doing it while you're doing like Cooking and cleaning and vacuuming Like it's just not gonna be good for you And Jerry being the really understanding husband that he is He starts getting mad at her He says you don't love me anymore You used to do this for me And now you don't So obviously that means you don't love me anymore And you you make me feel like a freak For even wanting these things You know why is it so weird That I want you to wear heels Stop making me feel like the freak mm-hmm. And he was just manipulating the shit out of her They were weird. So he would constantly lose his job starting at this point, very similar to his father. And he would constantly get new jobs as an electrician at different like radio stations. And finally they were, they were moving around a lot too. They finally settled in Portland, Oregon, and they got pregnant again. Now, Jerry really hoped that this one was a boy, which is weird because that's exactly what his mom did. And Mm -hmm. he got exactly what he wished because they had a son. So Jason was born and Darcy didn't want Jerry in the delivery room when she was giving birth. Why? We don't know. And he said, Why not? I was there the first time you gave birth. Yeah. And it caused Jerry to really become insecure in their relationship. He just felt like she didn't love him anymore. And maybe there was a good reason because it seemed like Darcy was really over him. Like she refused to sleep with him. She tried to spend as much time out of the house, away from him as possible. Because divorce wasn't really common back in the day. So she was like, whatever, I have to live with this dude. But I don't have to love this dude. And Jerry starts feeling neglected and he starts feeling upset. So he goes back to his old ways and he starts stealing underwear from clothing lines outside now he would bring them home he's like building a bigger collection which by the way every single time he moved he brought all of his undies and high heels with him like he was getting a decades-long collection of underwear so one day he decides desperately to try to get his wife's attention and so he put on all of the underwear took a bunch of pictures in them got them developed and laid them around the house where darcy would find them
2: and Wait, who, who put on the underwear
1: jerry and he, felt he put
2: on underwear, himself, woman's underwear, yeah. and then take picture of it and then put it around the house.
1: Yeah. And he felt like this would bring up a conversation. Maybe it'd be an uncomfortable conversation where Darcy would be like, "Um, what's going on? You know, where did you get this underwear, first of all? And second of all, why are you wearing it? Why did you put these pictures here? You, did you want me to find it? You know, do mm-hmm. we need to have a conversation? Mm-hmm. But um, she just kind of threw it away. Like she, did, she never brought it up. Mm -hmm. and so jerry was really upset by that so then jerry goes back to his even worse ways of stalking and stealing underwear from insides of people's houses and that's around the same time that he had a massive injury at work so he's an electrician he was working with these electrical wires and he had touched a live wire i'm talking 480 volts straight to the nipples it could have been (sighs) sorry it could have been fatal he flew across the room he even injured his neck from flying across the room like it was a really like he could have died and the theory is that during this injury, he damaged the part of his brain that controls his impulses when he was electrocuted with 480 volts straight to the nipples. It wasn't to the nipples, but you get it and so he starts complaining of headaches and blackouts after this injury at work and all of his crimes start escalating so one night he's stalking this woman and he just thought about doing the same thing of knocking her unconscious and taking her shoes Mm -hmm. but when he follows her back to the apartment he decides to watch her go into the apartment and find out which unit was hers by which light that she had turned on Mm. now he waits outside the apartment makes sure that there was enough time so she fell asleep Mm -hmm. then he broke into her apartment and he said that he was just there looking for underwear he could steal he was like i need underwear today like i can't do it with heels i need underwear today but then she woke up and she was like what are you doing in my house who are you and he starts panicking because he doesn't have a mask on like she can identify him to the police so he jumps onto the bed onto the woman and strangles her until she's unconscious Mm -hmm. so now she's knocked out on her bed Mm -hmm. and that's when he rapes her and he said this was the full satisfaction he had been looking for strangling and beating people and stealing their shoes, stealing underwear. I mean, yeah, it was like taking the power back. It was satisfying. But he said that unconscious women were the ultimate satisfaction. And then he started thinking, wait a minute. If I like unconscious women this much, what if they were dead? Then they're really unconscious. I wouldn't have this like anxiety of them waking up anytime soon. They would just be completely unconscious forever. And he would even... Lee later heard saying that his ideal world, imagine this, the ideal world, is that he would have freezers full of women's dead bodies to take them out whenever he wanted to rape them.
2: Oh, Lord. So
1: he was a necrophiliac to the fullest. So his first murder victim, her name is Linda Slauson. She was a 19-year-old encyclopedia saleswoman. Encyclopedia, yeah. So she would go door to door and instead of like Girl Scout cookies, she'd be like, Hey, do you guys need a set of encyclopedias? It's wild back in the day, yeah. And so she'd be like, Do you need an encyclopedia? And so she would knock door to door, and she ended up knocking on Jerry Brutus's door. And mm-hmm. he did not give a fork about encyclopedias, he does not like encyclopedias. But he was like, Ah. Oh that's interesting encyclopedias you know what I've been looking for some encyclopedias why don't you come into my basement where my office is and we can talk some more about some encyclopedias now Linda Slauson she was really excited because she was trying to make money for college and she wanted to pay rent this month so she's like yes I'm about to sell a set of encyclopedias so she goes down into the basement and the wife and kids are all upstairs they're home so she's you know she's feeling a little secure like he's got a wife Who's home? He's got kids who are home. So she goes into the basement and she sits down and they're in the middle of a conversation. And all of a sudden, Jerry Brutos gets up from the middle of the conversation and Linda's looking at him. And he's like, oh, don't worry. Like, I'm just grabbing that water behind you. And he walks behind her. And when she's she's like not turning back and looking at him because that's kind of socially weird to do, I guess. Mm -hmm. So she's just like sitting there waiting for him to go sit back down in front of her Mm -hmm. when he grabs a wooden plank Mm -hmm. and knocks her out. And he checks her pulse and realized that she was still alive. And he couldn't have that because, you know, his wife and kids are home. Mm-hmm. So he strangles her so hard by her throat that he even heard her bones break. So he made sure that she was dead. And then he hid her under the basement stairs just in case his wife and his kids came downstairs. And he went upstairs after he hit her and asked Darcy, his wife, to take his kids out for dinner. So then she did. So then now he was home alone. He completely undressed Linda and put on practically every set of underwear that he had ever stolen and the heels. So he was like changing from like, oh, let me try this like red set with this pair of heels, like just clothing her, I guess. And if he liked a particular set on her, he would take pictures of her dead body posed. And he said it was the happiest he'd ever been. He wanted to keep Linda forever. He wanted to do this every day. He wanted to put on different underwear for her every single day, different heels for her every single day. And he was thinking about how he could do it. But he realized that she wouldn't fit in the freezer in the basement. She just wasn't big enough. But also, what if like one of the kids came downstairs in the basement one day and opened up the freezer and they just saw Linda's dead body? Mm -hmm. But also, if she's not frozen, then she would start decomposing and we can't have that. So he decided to dispose of her body. But before he did, he said, let me take a trophy. So he grabs a hacksaw while his wife and kids are out at dinner and saws off her foot to keep it. So he wanted to keep her foot frozen so that he could keep trying on his high heels on her feet. And he could stare at her feet. Okay, like high heels are cute. But if I saw a decapitated foot, on a high heel i would scream i would cry i would literally throw up but that gets him excited yeah he's like this is the best thing ever wow and so his family finally comes home and he acts like nothing happened he's like how's your dinner they go to sleep and in the middle of the night he wakes up he puts linda's body into his car he drives to a bridge near his house that's overlooking a river and he gets a spare tire out of his car he did this he thought this through he said if i get a spare tire out of my car if someone drives by they just think that i'm a man with a flat tire and then he tied linda's body to a car engine and threw her over the bridge Mm -hmm. Now Linda's family and friends they're freaking out They're like oh my god she was just trying to sell some encyclopedias And now she's missing so they file a missing Person's report the police start searching for her And they find her car abandoned There's no clues there's no break in there's nothing Like literally Linda just vanished So -hmm. they're like what do we do what do we do And slowly of course the case Fell cold like so many others do And this was Jerry's biggest high In life he just was having so much fun To the point where months would pass And the foot started decaying so then Jerry Was like oh god now the foot doesn't even look like a foot anymore so he went to the same bridge and threw the foot into the water so I mean this is a weird trophy. So killers take a lot of like memorabilia, they take um trophies, they take these things, and some of them are just so strange. Like we know Bundy, we know Dahmer, they liked heads, Dahmer liked genitals, and he would just keep them, you know, he would soak them in acetone to try to preserve them. But there was also a guy named Ahmed Siraji who believed himself to be a sorcerer. He thought he was Harry Potter, and he would kill forty-two different women, and he felt like if he killed them, he would gain their powers but he would also drain them and drink their saliva not even their blood what i hate the smell of saliva but he would just like drink their saliva all the while he had three wives at home and his three wives were sisters so it's really confusing i might do a story on him because he's intense there was a guy by the name of charles albright he was convicted of only one murder but he ended up taking her eyes as a trophy and then of course we remember ed gein who had the nipple Mm -hmm. belt and the yeah. lampshades made of human skin. So um, this is by far probably one of the weirder trophies, too. So he would take her foot. Then he decides to relocate his family back to Salem, Oregon. And they get this new place. And he has this garage. So he says, listen, none of the family can come into the garage unless they intercom me with the garage intercom that he had set up like Mm -hmm. no one can come in without letting me know first it was constantly locked inside of this garage he kept his collection of shoes his underwear and eventually his bodies that he would keep now this wasn't really that odd to the family because he would constantly do these little experiments or projects in the garage he really loved working with resin which I know is really popular on tiktok right now which is like you know you can have like these resin coasters which are encasing flowers or glitter into like this plastic substance so it's liquid and then it hardens and it's very poisonous like you have to wear a mask and you have to wear eyeglasses like protective gear when you're working with resin because it's toxic and so that was kind of his excuse of why these kids and why his wife shouldn't come into the garage without letting him know first and nobody questioned it so then his next murder victim was Jan Susan Whitley. She was 23 years old. She was on her way home for Thanksgiving break. So her car breaks down in the middle of the highway. And these random two men had stopped to help her. And they realized, like, we can't help you. Like, it's not a spare tire. Like, you need a completely new part. Your car is not going to work. And that's when another male stops. And his name is Jerry Brudos. And he said, oh, yep, I know exactly what happened. This is the part that you need. I have it at home. Um, why don't you guys all come and pick it up? right I'll, I'll fix it for you for free and now all the guys were like oh this seems like a shut and done case like we knew that that was the part that she needed and he knows the same thing so it doesn't sound like this is like a creepy dude so they were like oh okay well like if you don't need us anymore we're gonna be on our merry way because it's Thanksgiving break like we've got stuff to do we gotta brine our turkey so she was like oh Jan's like oh thank you guys so much so Jan gets into Jerry's car and just the two of them they drive to his house to get the car part so that they can bring it back to Jan's car and fix it right because Jan's mm-hmm. car can't move anywhere Mm -hmm. now when they get to the driveway he's like oh shit jan i forgot my house key i locked myself out of the house Mm -hmm. do you think we can wait for my wife to get home to open the house for us now jan was like oh my gosh first of all this man is gonna fix this car for free like that's amazing second Mm -hmm. of all his wife is gonna be home and the fact that he was like do you mind just waiting for my wife like it just it made her feel really secure so they're waiting in the car they're just talking about nonsense when all of a sudden jerry's like hey do you want to play a game uh, what kind of game can you tell me with just words how to tie a bow without physically using your hands to show me the motions like teach someone who has never tied a bow and is blind how to do it with words and she's like, that's so easy. Tying a bow is so easy. And he was like, okay, well, let's test it. So I'm going to get into the backseat of the car and I'm going to try to tie a bow just using your words. You can't look at me and I can't look at you. And she's like, oh, yeah, of course. So he gets into the back seat, and instead of tying a bow, he grabs a leather strap, wraps it around Jan's neck and starts pulling as hard as he can and strangles her until she dies.
2: What a weird yeah. thing he did. So he didn't just went ahead and tried do it and he he had this weird setup
1: yeah so it seems like jerry um still feels not powerful around women mm. so he like goes for women who are petite who are usually vulnerable at the time and mm. he always makes like dumb excuses to catch them off their guard like let me just grab that water behind you so he's never just like let me get in the back seat and do something or like let me get something from the back seat like it's so weird no. what an elaborate way to get to the back seat yeah So he made sure that she was dead, brought her into the garage of the house. He had the key the whole time. Like he was just making shit up, right? Mm -hmm. He completely undressed her, raped her dead body multiple times, and then dressed her up in all the underwear and took pictures of her. This is when he decided to hang her body up from the rope. So he hung her up using rope tied around her neck and then a pulley at the top of his garage ceiling. So he would literally hang her as if... It was a noose. Her feet would be not touching the ground. She would be completely suspended and completely dead in his garage. And he kept her like this for days. And this was because when she was hanging like that, it was easier to put different clothes on her than as if she was like laying limp on the, you know, floor. So he would put different clothes on her, different underwear, different heels. And then he would continue to rape her for multiple days after her death. He even went to his family's house for Thanksgiving and just like left her body hanging in the garage during Thanksgiving, like while they weren't even home. That's pretty ballsy. Like imagine if someone had broken into their house for a burglary or something. He just yeah. like left the body home. I
2: think that's scary. Imagine a burglar break oh, into God. a serial killer's house. <gasps> oh
1: my God. So then finally Jan started decomposing. He's like, okay, I need to dispose of her. But first I need to take a trophy. Mm -hmm. Last time it was a foot. This time he cut off one of her breasts and made a resin mold out of it. And it didn't really work that well. So then he decided to stuff the breast like a taxidermy and used it as a paperweight. Yep. Then he went and tied a very heavy car engine to her body. And again, threw her over the side of the bridge into the river. I have to admit something. I'm part of the con aggregation. Yeah, you heard it. The congregation. I listen to the podcast phenomenon right now that's sweeping the podcast players around the world. I'm talking about Scam Goddess with Lacey Mosley. Oh my gosh. I freaking love her. Okay, so she's known as the Scam Goddess and she loves frauds, hoodwinks, hoaxes, double crosses, which is why she created her podcast called Scam Goddess. It's dedicated to pretty much all things fraud. Like this is true crime. Hers is like all fraud and it's so juicy and all the people who practice it. Oh my gosh. So every single week she has these hilarious comedians that talk about like the hottest like hoodwinks, greatest grifts, dubious double crosses, just like all throughout history. And listeners will even send Lacey their own stories of being scammed or scamming people. And just make sure that if you guys are submitting your stories to Lacey that your scams are retired because Lacey's not trying to snitch on nobody. Now you can even hear tales of like polygamists lying to the government, fake doctors, Tinder, swindlers, and shady activists you may be following on Twitter with special guests like Nicole Byer, Trixie Mattel, Joel Kim Booster, Gabby Dunn, and more, check out Scam Goddess now. You can subscribe now on Stitcher, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcast. So Jan's family is super concerned. And they also find Jan's car on the side of the highway, just fully working, locked. Like it doesn't look like, um, not fully working, but you get it. Like not burglarized, not like someone had stolen the tires, not like someone had kidnapped her. It just was weird. She just mm-hmm. never came back to her car. And on top of that, this was the second girl in the area that had gone missing. So people are starting to freak out. And one of those people that were freaking out was Karen Sprinker. Now Karen Sprinker was an 18-year-old college student. She was studying to be a doctor. She was home for break and she had decided to go meet her mom for lunch right Mm -hmm. so her mom's like this is the restaurant that we're going to like it's inside of a mall inside of a department store just meet me there Mm -hmm. so she drove all the way there and her mom waited there for an hour and her daughter did not show up so she starts freaking out and she starts freaking out more when they find that karen's car was parked in the parking lot of this mall so she had made it to the mall but why didn't she make it to lunch this doesn't make any sense what we do know is that jerry was dressed in women's clothing that day and he decided to go to the parking lot specifically looking for his next victim. This was the first time he had looked for his next victim. So the first two victims one came straight to his door. The other one was parked on the side of the highway. You know, Mm -hmm. these were kind of opportunist moments. This one, he went out searching and he wore woman's clothing. He had this gun that was fake that was in his pocket and he pulled it out and brought it in front of Karen's face and told her to get into his car. So she left with him brought her into his garage, made her try on underwear while she was alive posed naked he took photos of her for hours while she was alive and then he strangled her by putting a rope around her neck and then hanging her in his garage so she died by hanging technically and then he continued to rape her multiple times after she died now this is the really creepy part Jerry even admitted that when he was tying the rope around Karen's neck he had asked her is this too tight and she said yes and he just smiled at her
2: why did he wear women's clothes when he was out
1: so there's a lot of different speculations some people say that it made him look um more like less intimidating for women Mm, you know i see and like it's also technically like from afar if you see someone in a parking lot and they're like wearing a dress maybe you'd be less concerned like it's less reportable to be like there's a woman just like standing in the corner of a parking lot, you know. I see. People would so be that's less his likely. Disguise. Yeah. And there are some speculations that he went through a period of feeling a lot of um, like body dysphoria but I'm not sure because it hasn't been proven and it doesn't seem like this was a reoccurring theme. So he ends up bringing her to his garage, killing her and raping her dead body multiple times for days. Now this is when he decides to cut off both of her breasts to make plastic molds out of them so that he could fill that mold with other things and like I don't know, make like um, boob cupcakes. I really don't know. Like he made plastic breast molds out of her boobs after he cut off her boobs. And then in order to not have all of this blood in his car when he transported her body to throw her off that same bridge, mm-hmm. he stuffed her. Her boob, like open holes, gaping open holes on her chest with packing paper, and then put on a black bra. Now, this would be important later because when they found Karen's body, they were like, wait, she's wearing a black bra that's obviously way too big for her. She doesn't own a bra like this. Why were her boobs cut off? Like, is this some sick twisted, like, what the fork happened? Yeah. And so he tied a car engine to her and threw her off the same bridge. Now, Karen's parents start freaking out and a bunch of teens come forward and they say, wait a second, we saw something being weird in the parking lot that day. A group of teens saw a very tall, larger sized woman in the parking lot acting weird like she was dressed in a dress and stockings, but she was just like she seemed uncomfortable. Like she was constantly like fixing her dress, like fixing her stockings, just like looking around and it looked weird. So we thought maybe she needed some help. So we drove up to her and we were about to approach her, but we realized it wasn't a woman. It was a man. And it's not because it was a man in women's clothing that we were you know kind of creeped out but they just looked really creepy like they were just staring at us Mm -hmm. so we decided not to say anything or do anything or ask them if they needed help so we just kind of left Mm -hmm. and they later tell the police this and this wasn't necessarily evidence because it's not illegal to stand in a parking lot and it's not illegal to wear different genders of clothing right Mm -hmm. or different you know gender norms of clothing but -hmm. they thought it was an interesting detail now another parking lot would be terrorized. A local university parking lot was where Jerry went looking for his next victim. So they found Karen at the mall and now he's at a university. So mm-hmm. he sees a woman by the name of Sharon Wood who's 24 years old leaving the university. She's a secretary there. She's got two kids and, and she's in the middle of a divorce. So she was actually headed to go meet her ex-husband that day. It was going to be like a divorce proceeding with their lawyers, with her husband. It was like this whole thing. She's walking through the parking lot and she's like getting ready for this battle because divorce is a battle and she's starting to feel anxious all of a sudden very uneasy and she starts hearing these footsteps behind her so she's like what the heck so she decides against using the dark stairwell in the parking lot that she usually takes to go to the floor that her car is parked on and she's like you know what I'm just gonna walk through like where the cars drive through because it's more open it's brighter there's gonna be more people so she makes it to the floor where her car was and she turns around because she still hears someone following her and Jerry is looking at her straight in the eye and he pulls out this fake gun and he tells Sharon, hey, follow me and you're not going to get hurt. And she screams, No And she starts running away He pounces on her And he puts her in a headlock And starts strangling her on the ground And he's a big dude He overpowered her by over a hundred different pounds Like a hundred plus pounds Not a hundred different pounds Uh (laughs) Like he was much bigger than her So she starts kicking him with her high heels Multiple different times And she really couldn't fight back So she did the only thing that she felt like she could do at that time Which was scream at the top of her mother forking lungs Like this was egg going through the parking lot so mm-hmm. jerry starts freaking out he puts his hand over her mouth to shut her up mm-hmm. so that no one could hear her scream mm-hmm. and that's when sharon's like you freaking idiot and she bites down as hard as she can and clenches her jaw down mm-hmm. to the point where there was blood spewing out of his hand yes. now this is where it gets a little weird because like all of the adrenaline uh sharon got locked jaw so she couldn't open her jaw again So uh-huh. now Jerry's in pain Sharon's like freaking out There's blood spewing everywhere And Jerry starts grabbing his hand And starts swinging it around And like Sharon's head's attached to his hand right uh-huh. And so he starts slamming his hand And Sharon's head onto the curb of the parking lot Oh my God. Around, And that's when a car enters the parking lot And the lights and like the commotion Sharon was able to like unclench her jaw At this point Jerry ends up running away She uh-huh. ends up getting taken to the hospital Thankfully she has no face or critical or um, long term injuries But uh-huh. when the police came to ask for the description Of the person who assaulted her She like had been hit on the head so many times And yeah. he was behind her most of the time That she just remembered three things about him He was tall He had a super freckly face And he had red hair That's it Like she does not remember anything else yeah. And now Jerry goes home And he's pissed at himself He's like listen That's not cool I almost got caught But more importantly, I couldn't murder someone today And that's what I really wanted So the next day, he decides to go immediately after Because during the first couple of murders There was months in between But Mm -hmm. now it's the next day He's like, I'm gonna do this again So then Gloria Jean Smith, who's a 15-year-old She was near like the railroad station And she's a lot younger So 15, that kind of indicates that Maybe his confidence had been knocked down And he just wanted someone who was even more physically And mentally harder to overpower him He Mm -hmm. just was feeling all sorts of weirdness so this was his plan he saw her walking down he was like I'm gonna hide in a bush and when she walks by I'm gonna pop out of that bush and I'm gonna grab her but he was so excited you know Jerry was so excited that he popped out of the bush too early and Mm -hmm. he like ran out the bush and Gloria was like what the fuck so she you turned it and ran the other way because listen if you see a man jump out of a bush i mean the immediate reaction of any girl is to run the other way like we're not trying to find out what you were doing in that bush and why you popped out when i'm walking past the bush so she starts running the other way booking it in the opposite direction and he couldn't run after her so this was yet again another failed abduction So his confidence is even further killed. Now, Gloria goes to the police station and says, listen, this man just jumped out of the bush. And I think he tried to abduct me. I don't know. He was being suspicious. All Mm. I remember is he was tall. He had this freckly face and he has red hair. Mm. So the police are like, oh, my gosh, that's really really weird so then the next day immediately after gloria's attempted abduction he goes to a local mall and this this time he's trying to be much smarter about it so there was a 22 year old by the name of linda saley and linda was buying her boyfriend's birthday present at the mall jerry was snooping around in the parking lot saw her park her car get out go to the mall and he waited near her car for her to get back Now, he waited particularly because Linda was extremely short, very petite, very small in stature. And this was someone he felt like absolutely, without a shadow of doubt, he could have chased her down. He could have just headlocked her like he could physically overpower her in all different ways. So Mm -hmm. he waited for her to return to her car. And this time, instead of jumping out of nowhere, he said, listen... I'm a police officer and he pulled up this fake police badge and he said you match the description of a serial shoplifter that's running rampant in this mall and Linda's like what? no uh, you you can check my receipts I was just here to buy my boyfriend's birthday present like I have the receipts for everything and he said "Mm -mm mm-mm-mm You're coming into my car. I'm taking you to the police station to ask some questions. So she's freaking out. She gets into the back of the car. They're driving to the alleged police station. They end up driving in silence and they arrive at Jerry's house and he tells her to step inside his garage. I mean, at this point, we can assume that Linda knows what's happening because the car wasn't marked. This wasn't a police station. This was his house. He wasn't in a uniform. All he had to show was a fake badge for it. Mm -hmm. And during the panic of everything, she had, you know, fallen for it so linda being extremely scared she did what she was told and she went into the garage he tied her up to a chair and he went out to dinner with his family while she was alive tied up and gagged in a chair in the middle of his garage now while he was out to dinner with his family she had managed to untie herself and she was just sitting there when he returned
2: she couldn't get out
1: so the garage door was unlocked she Uh did not attempt to leave Um, There was a phone in the garage And she didn't call 911 So there's two reasons We think she might have done this Because we only know Jerry's perspective Because Linda is unfortunately His last murder victim So Jerry said that either She had just freed herself When he got home Uh Or she was so scared That she had undone her bindings And just like froze And thought maybe If she tried to escape Somehow he would know about it Maybe she thought He was still home And that would get herself killed Ultimately So she just kind of froze And didn't know what to do So then Jerry goes home and instead of being like wow what a nice person even though i kidnapped you right he was like no i'm still gonna do everything i wanted to do so he ties a rope around linda's neck ties it to the pulley on his garage roof and slowly turns the pulley lever till now she's hanging and she too died by hanging and he would repeatedly rape her dead body and this time he wanted to do an experiment instead of taking a trophy he just really wanted to see what a naked body in underwear and heels look like dancing so he inserted two large needles on the side of her rib cage and sent large electric shocks through her body because he wanted to make her jump and flinch oh and move but it didn't work she just he just ended up burning like two small holes near her rib cage which was also, again, overanalyzed by, well, like, super analyzed by, like, coroners and stuff because it's such a weird thing to have, right? And he ended up not taking any of her breast or her foot because her breasts were just too pink. Those are his words, too pink. And then he would tie her body to a car engine and throw her over the same bridge into the same river using the same method. And at this point, the crazy part is Jerry was barely on the radar. He was not linked to the murders. He wasn't even a name that the police were thinking about. Like, other than his psychiatric time that he spent at the ward and his juvenile, you know, criminality spree, mm-hmm. there was nothing tying him to anybody. Now, two weeks later, after Linda's murder, Linda's body floated to the top of the river. A local fisherman saw her body floating he calls the police they take the body in and then almost a couple days later Karen Sprinker's body floated to the top as well about 50 feet away from where Linda was found now the police and the coroners are like wait a second two young girls of the same age who recently disappeared they have the same cause of death they are both tied to engine parts in the same river off the same bridge around the same time are you kidding so they take a closer look at the women and they found that the way that they were tied up to this car engine was very interesting the tying of the knots Were super intricate And it was a knot That was commonly used By electricians It's not a knot That like normal civilians Would know how to tie Like it's a very specific Type of method Of tying a knot And there was also Copper wiring That was used To tie The girls to the car engines, which again, nobody just has like copper wiring laying around in their house typically. And so they were like, okay, maybe this is an electrician or a former electrician or someone who knows something about being an electrician. So as of right now, they have a double homicide, maybe a potential serial killer on the loose, and they send in divers to search the river. It was a two-week search. It was going to be intense. And during this time, this was huge breaking news. Like, this was all over the nation. Like, possible serial killer in Oregon. Like, what's going on? Now, Jerry really didn't care about the attention that they were getting. He just had this new love, which was spying on university dorm rooms. So he had this new method of trying to talk to women, which was he would go to these university dorm rooms and each dorm room, like, each dorm building had a phone number that you could call. And then to get from there, you could be like, hey, can I talk to um, Stephanie Sue? I think she's in, like, room 23 right so he would call and be like hey uh, can i talk to elizabeth and he didn't know that there was an elizabeth there he didn't even know if there was an elizabeth he mm-hmm. just would hope that there was an elizabeth living in the building and they would transfer him to talk to elizabeth and mm-hmm. if they said oh i'm sorry like we don't have an elizabeth living here he'd just say oh sorry wrong number hang up. And repeat the process. Now it worked multiple times. He would be like can I talk to Sharon. And then Sharon would get on the phone and be like who is this. And he would just make really weird small talk with them. He said that he was a Vietnam War veteran. And he would ask them out on dates. And a few of them even said yes. Yeah. But a lot of the dates fell through because the girls, after they hung up, were like, wait, what? Like, that's weird. I'm not going on this date. Like, that's creepy. But one of the women who had picked up the phone decided to meet with him. So she decided to meet with him at the university just to be safe. And she said that it was weird. So all he wanted to do was talk about how two bodies were found in the river. Which, I mean, I guess it wasn't that odd because this was kind of like the biggest current news at the time, especially for locals, especially for college students, because they were scared. They fit the description. Young females, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... As the date progressed, there was this one thing that he did that was so weird. He asked her if she wanted a back massage and she was like, sure. So while he's giving her a back massage, he said, hey, act sad. She's like, what? Act sad. Like, that's weird. And he says, yeah, just be sad. Think about those two girls in the river and what happened to them, and what they must have felt and what they went through.
2: What does that mean? What's the meaning behind all this?
1: I don't know. He was just trying to make her like get an intense emotion out of her, and it seems like this was a power play. And so she's like being massaged, and she's like, "Okay, well, I should probably get back to the dorm." I'm like, "I have class tomorrow." And he walked her back to the dorm, and he kept saying things like, "How did you know I was going to bring you back to your dorm safely?" Like, "How did you know I wasn't going to like strangle you and throw you in the?" river. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Okay, that's really creepy." So then she goes into her dorm and she's like, "Thank God, like I'm never going to see him again." So after the date, she ends up calling the police immediately after cuz it was that bad. And she told them how creepy it was. They were like, "Okay, that's that's a little weird, right?" And so the police were like, "Let's look into it." They asked her to describe the, him in the utmost detail that she could. And she said, "Well, he was tall, he had a lot of freckles, and he has red hair." So they're like, that's the same as the two girls who are almost adopted, right? So this must mean something. So they mm-hmm. tell all of the women at the university, if you guys get a call from any random Vietnam veteran who says they're a Vietnam veteran, um, keep them on the phone as long as possible while somebody else calls 911. And so all the girls are like, okay. A week later, the girl that he went on that date with gets a call from him and he mm-hmm. says, I'm in the area. Do you want to go on a date in 15 minutes? She says, wait, no, like I'm not ready right now. I need about an hour to get ready. I look so crazy right now. Like, Like, why don't you meet me at my dorm in about an hour? Mm -hmm. And so during this time, she calls the police. The police gather in the dorm room lobby and they're waiting for him. So they wait for him. He opens the door and they approach him and they said, hey, we're just questioning every dude in the area because, you know, all the homicides going on. Nothing serious. Uh, What's your name? They're writing it down. He's like Jerry Brudos. What's your address? Uh, What's your occupation? I'm an electrician for a radio station. So this is the first time that the police have a name, first of all, right? Okay. And they said, oh, okay, so like why are you at the dorm? And he says, oh, well, so I was in the area helping a friend out with a garden and um, I had like an hour or two before he would be home. So I just came to the university to have a look around
2: have so a look around
1: so he's lying you know like they uh-huh. knew that he was there for a date with the girl if he wasn't suspicious he could have just said i'm here to go on a date with a girl that goes to the school and he fit the description he lied to them he's an electrician he's very very suspicious mm-hmm. so the police were like okay we're gonna keep him noted but they couldn't arrest him because he has no evidence mm-hmm. which really pisses me off because imagine the danger that the girl who tattle told on him is in now right yeah so, but I guess police don't care. So they run his name through the database and they finally, finally found something. His two assaults that landed him in the mental institution. And all of the disappearances happened near where he had moved, like a couple miles of where he had moved. So he moved from like Portland, Oregon to Salem, Oregon, and it just matched. It was weird. And his current home that he was living in was only a few miles away from the bridge over the river that all the bodies were being thrown off. He would actually drive over that bridge every day to get to his current job. So the police go to his house to question him casually and they said it's like a local type of thing. like We're just casually interviewing people and they find out that he's been an electrician for 10 years and one of the police officers went into the garage to have a look around found a length of rope that was the same type of rope found on the woman that they found their bodies on and so the police are like nah dude they get a search warrant and they search his cars now his cars showed absolutely no evidence and so the police feel super defeated they knew that they had to move fast because either a he's gonna kill more people because he's like this is the end I'm gonna go out with a bang right or b) he's gonna try to run away so they put him under constant undercover surveillance like just police officers watching him all day two days after the search warrant was issued for his cars they Mm -hmm. saw Jerry pack up all of his shit his family and his bags and start driving north so the police tracked him down they called all of like the highway patrol they even called the canadian border because they were like oregon's too close to canada for comfort and Mm -hmm. they found him driving on the highway headed straight to the canadian border so they were like oh hell no they stopped the car but jerry wasn't there just the kids are sitting there and they're like there's no way the kids are just driving without jerry (laughs) and they shine a flashlight in the back of his car and there's this huge lump under a blanket in the car and they're like, what the fork? They turn over the blanket and Jerry's hiding underneath the blanket. What? <laughs> it's so dumb. So they arrest him. And when they strip search him, to their surprise, Jerry was wearing one of the women's that he had murdered their underwear. And they said, Okay, Jerry, well, you've been arrested for murder, but uh, you get one phone call from prison. Like where you can call your lawyer, you can call your family member, you can call whoever you want. Mm-hmm. Now, what in Jerry's mind would think? That this isn't being recorded. I don't know. But he calls his wife and he says, Darcy, my love, you need to go home and burn everything. I've got breast molds. I've got hidden underwear that you need to go find. I've got pictures of the victims. You need to go burn them all.
2: Does the wife know?
1: um that is up for debate right sounds like she yeah knows. so the police they go and they search the house they find pictures of the victim they find a large portion of the stolen underwear darcy had actually burned a few of the things that she had burned a few pictures she had burned a few pieces of underwear but she hadn't burned everything and then that's when jerry just like confesses to the police he even confesses that after each murder he would put on heels and masturbate to the dead body But then he also pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. Now, here's the scary part. All the psychiatrists said that he was perfectly mentally stable and there was no mention of schizophrenia. They just said he's literally just evil. Like there's we don't think something's wrong. We don't think that he was like hearing voices in his head. Yeah. Like he just literally killed them for sexual satisfaction. And so he pled guilty To three of the four murders Because the first victim There was really no evidence To say that he even met The um, Linda The saleswoman The encyclopedia saleswoman Because Darcy had burned The pictures of her Mm -hmm. So they couldn't find Pictures of her So there's really no evidence That they even met Or knew each other And he had originally Confessed to it But Mm -hmm. then later He was like Oh I recant my confession You have no evidence I didn't do it So he was found guilty Of the other three murders And was given Three consecutive life sentences Now Darcy His wife was also put on trial because the police couldn't believe that how could she be living in that house without knowing anything while all of this was taking place Mm -hmm. but she was found in trial to not be guilty of accessory to the murders so Darcy and her two kids were granted completely new identities they changed their names and they moved on with their lives and they have been laying low now in prison Jerry because he's an electrician he was really liked by the guards because you know prison is a business so being that it be a business anytime they had electrical issues instead of calling a contractor to come into their prison and fix it they would just get jerry to fix it for free like free manual labor and so the guards would really really like him because you know they would get praised by their boss when they didn't spend money or go out of budget for electrical issues and the guards in return would bring him women's shoe catalogs which were legal in prison because in prison you can't bring in playboy you can't send in porn to prison but shoe catalogs wow it's just shopping catalogs and jerry even stated to the press it was like his porn he got off to it He would even write to major shoe companies asking for sales catalogs to be sent to prison. I don't think any of them complied. Can you imagine, like...
2: (laughs) yeah
1: macy's just being like here you go (laughs) but he was always hated by prison cellmates they just thought he was a weirdo he was also never remorseful he just constantly continued to blame his mom for all the murders even though he was the one who did it he Mm -hmm. tried to appeal his sentence multiple times and finally in 1995 the parole board shut him down and was like listen you will never be released from prison get that through your head stop trying to appeal your sentence okay thank you Um, He spent a total of 37 years in prison until March 28th, 2006. He died from liver cancer. Now, there was also more scandal because he has been a very popular topic. topic. So he was um, in Mindhunters, which is, I don't know if it's a Netflix original, but it's like a TV show where they... It's a fictional one where they like interview, like the FBI interviews all these serial killers and they do deep dives into their minds. And he was there. That one was um, really well done. He was really actually well. there? No, no, no. An okay. actor was portraying him. That one was well done, well portrayed. Like the actor was great, right? No controversy surrounding that one. But then J.K. Rowling, Miss Harry Potter, which we love Harry Potter here, but we don't love J.K. Rowling. Um, she's she's had a very transphobic history where she's made a lot of comments that were very Mm anti-trans and just not helpful to the community and just kind of like mean honestly and Mm -hmm. really bad and she wrote a book under a fake name And this was part of a series, and one of the books was called Troubled Blood, and it was partly based off of Brudos, so it was a man who would dress up as a woman to lure in his victims, a serial killer. And the whole book, some people say, I've never read it, so I can't say for sure, but I'm just saying there was a controversy that happened. A lot of people say it has a very anti-trans vibe to it, like it almost seems like the moral of the whole book is never trust a man in a dress, like type of vibe
2: what yeah but the people is she not showing that it's written by her
1: no i mean people know it's written by her but like just because with her history so they're saying if anyone had anyone else had done it mm-hmm. no one's saying like this is off limits because i mean it has kind of happened in real life with jerry brutos right mm. but it seems like with her history of transphobic comments and then overall the tone of the book the people who have read it some people who have read it said that it feels very like she's just using it to make people like scared it's almost kind of like a fear-mongering they said yeah, yeah, yeah. of a man in a dress which shouldn't be fearful at all yeah yeah. so there was a little bit of controversy you do have the other side that's like no like i've read the book and it really isn't like that at all like yeah it's a little weird mm-hmm. but it, it kind of matches with the story of the serial killer trying to get into like but i don't know i haven't read the book so Jerry brudos is still causing a stir to this day is what i was trying to say and that is the story of the shoe fetish killer can you believe i bought a pair of shoes after this i mean okay well afterwards i was like researching shoe fetishes a little deeper and then i was like wow like they had pictures on wikipedia of like shoes you know and like reddit they would like link shoes oh there was like this thread for um shoe fetishes and it was like a link to um like a like an album of just really pretty heels and i was like is this my pinterest board but like they were using it as like you know they liked it. They were aroused by it. But I was like, I like it. I want to buy those shoes. <laughs> <That's>
2: so, <laughs> so fascinating. Yeah. I wonder, is there an object that hasn't been fetishized
1: See, that was a <laughs> that was the thing on Reddit. They were like, Hey, if you had if I could give you ten million dollars to name an object, they were talking primarily food that hasn't been used for sexual purposes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You what would it be? Yeah. yeah. And everyone was like naming these things, and then everyone was like, here's a link. And it was like someone doing that object of food. Yeah. There was macaroni in a pot. There was a durian. There was wasabi. I'm just saying today's episode was a weird one. Let me know what you think about this one. I mean, do you have a shoe fetish? (laughs) I want to know. And I hope you guys enjoyed. And I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Bye.
2: Bye.